0: You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out go listen to some boring podcast where, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza, because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. I, I, I Give you a name Who delivers I, I, this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Love in, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. agree. I agree.
2: Now, at the beginning of this show, you're going to hear some uh, a weird conversation, the ramblings of a madman as Joe Lanza talks to himself uh, for a few minutes. That is because, uh, unfortunately, my microphone was uh, was not working. So um, we decided to keep it in because I think it's kind of funny. Uh, but note, if this is your first time listening to The Voice of Wrestling flagship or you're new or whatever, uh, it is not normally one man's um, inane, insane ramblings Um <laughs> to start the show, usually uh it has both of us talking. So just just to be aware that, that yeah, that, that is what happened. My microphone did not work, but uh, it only lasts about two minutes, and then we get into the uh the meat the actual meat of the show. So uh sorry for the inconvenience but uh enjoy. And we are live here on the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast, presented by my bookie. I'm Rich Courage, alongside as always the King of Banter, Mr. Joe Lanza.
0: PS five over here. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I had a del- I did. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have one today, but um, yeah, I'm going to get one. Yeah. Oh, listen, I'm balling now. You know, you can just go out and get these expensive devices. Um, I don't know. It just took me a long time to 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 come around on getting a PS4. And by the time I procrastinated so long that I was like, ah, fuck it, I'm just waiting now. Because you don't you don't want to buy it when it's got like a year left. You know what I mean? So. I don't think it's smart. I think it's just a cheapskate. What the hell are you waiting for? Just buy the fucking thing. You know? Why why do you perpetually want to be a generation behind everybody else? You know? So no, I don't think that's smart. I think those people are just cheap. What do you, what are they really saving on these games? Ten bucks? I mean, they're, they're not marking them down to like eight eight dollars. Okay, instead of paying sixty, you're paying fifty, right? I mean that's what we're talking about here. So, I mean, really, how much money are you saving? So, I don't know. I, I, I'm skeptical of this. I don't buy it. I think these people are just weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing with LeBron, Wade and Bosch on the on the heat and you're like Well, I guess if you don't play sports games, that strategy might not be so bizarre, but at the same time, isn't like everything's online now. You're still just out of the loop on everything. If you're that far behind, like I, it still doesn't make sense. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't, I can't get into that strategy. See, I just skipped it. I said, fuck it. You know? decrepit decrepit old man I know you're getting up there in age. <laughs> in age this is what you just said to me it's unbelievable I'm getting hammered here it's ridiculous I can hear you yeah
2: apparently nobody else can hear me let's see if I th- okay well, Rich
0: will be a- a decrepit old man
2: who's getting up there. <laughs> no, there is no, there's no right. proof that I did that. There is no proof Before that I did the that. There is no proof that. Okay, I think I'm back now. Um, I don't. The thing that there's we used proof. to, the thing that we there's, used to stream, just decided that it didn't want to use my mic until I told it to use my mic. Even though I haven't changed a setting on this thing in two years, but yes, today it decides. hey you don't want to use that microphone here, right? We'll just use something else. So, I think I'm back. Chat room, let me know if I'm back. Um, I was being really nice to Joe and complimenting him. And uh, it, it, apparently, it cut out. So
0: <laughs> I don't appreciate any of this.
2: <laughs> Why? What decrepit old? I man had said nothing. There I do. said nothing. Prove well, it. Well,
0: listen, the, the people the people who listen to this back when it's you know posted proper are going to hear all. No, this. no, no, no. They're not, they're not.
2: They're not. Because the the way that I record this is I record what goes out to the stream. The conversation that you and I have does not get recorded.
0: So the first five minutes of this is going to be me speaking to dead air.
2: Yes, correct. We might just cut that out and just start <laughs> with the part where I say my mic's back on. I don't know how it happened. I have no clue. That setting, as I said, I have not changed that setting in years and years and years. So I apologize uh, for that happening. I have no idea why that happened. But yeah, the first five minutes are terrible audio where you just stand <laughs> just sit there you are a crazy man saying things waiting for nothing and then saying things again uh, after a few minutes it, it, it's it's pretty wild and then getting upset about somebody calling you a decrepit old man which never happened so
0: so i'm just ranting into the void <laughs> which is actually pretty good audio me old man. <laughs> that's
2: pretty good audio i don't, I don't know
0: why. <laughs> it's not bad and if you say nothing about it they'll be very confused for the first five minutes of the show
2: it's up to you the leave it, in or, leave it is, in or take it out yeah there might take... be I, I don't want that new listener you know what i mean the, the wv thing i don't want that new listener to be like what the fuck is this show <laughs> like you know dave Meltzer retweets us because we talk about <laughs> but... the hall of fame and like some random guy listens and is like what the fuck is this show <laughs> this is really stupid and weird i don't like it
0: the problem is too we're gonna get a deluge of tweets. Pretty much all weekend long, every time somebody listens to the show for the first time, and they don't hear your voice for the first five minutes. So if you want to deal with those tweets all weekend long, then that's fine. Post I, I, the show I as is.
2: <laughs> I, really, I really do not. Yeah, those. It's bad enough we get the tweets when, when Joe and I can't think of something in four seconds, and, and we get people that pause their podcast player to tweet at us it's the best it's always the template is exactly the same and now like i used to get upset about it and now i just wait for it and love it because it always comes at exactly the same time it's like the tweet will come like sunday at like 7 p.m or whatever and it'll be like the person you're thinking about is uh reho or whatever and then you know a minute later they reply oh you got it <laughs> it's like yeah, just like yeah. please give me a bu- like all i'm asking is give us a minute buffer to try to figure it out and if we still haven't figured it out two minutes five minutes an hour then you can tweet at us but please don't stop your podcast to say ah, i better tell these guys <laughs> you know what they were wrong about or the thing that they couldn't remember like t- pr- trust we're probably going to get it and if we don't then you can tweet at us but there's a good chance we're gonna we're gonna correct ourselves
0: forget the buffer listen to the whole show because there's a lot of times uh you know where you know 70 minutes later you know i i i you know i'll just i I'll, I'll blurt out um you know oh shingle takagi that's who it was <laughs> right. so so it's like you can't even just wait a minute or 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 five minutes or whatever because you know i'll just randomly be like oh rich it was bearcat right that's what i was trying to think of an hour ago so uh don't even do that just don't tweet at us at all how about that how about <laughs> just no delete 40- twitter
2: how you just delete twitter
0: delete twitter never tweeted us ever again <laughs> for anything and that actually is the the, the most ideal scenario of all um no, I think you should. Maybe you should uh, record because you got to do the opening. You got to do the thing for the My Bookie.
2: If You're it's right. not on there. You're right. You're right.
0: So you, you should record an opening 30 seconds where you do the show introduction presented by My Bookie and then uh, explain that the next three minutes get really weird. Get <laughs> real weird. That.
2: But yeah, don't, don't add any other context. Just say that it's, it, things are going to get weird. So strap in. And then. Yes. Joe just randomly says things about the PS5 <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. So.
0: And what do you mean I'm a decrepit old man? <laughs> right. Which it's actually no will, will not
2: help the uh, your argument that you are not a decrepit old man, as you just scream into the void. You're just you're essentially just a guy on his porch just yelling. You know.
0: You know what do these kids know? Rich, you can verify this. I was a top ten nationally ranked Madden player. Yes. That's okay. Truth, right? So
2: what we were talking about. Well, before the void uh, happened, is, is that what a lot of people do not know is that Joe and I? The reason this podcast exists, the reason Voices of Wrestling exists, the reason you and I know each other is because because of Madden and because of sports video games. We we, we yeah. met, e-met or whatever you want to call it, on a, a a Madden message board, and that's how this entire thing started because there was a wrestling thread, and we would just talk about wrestling on that wrestling thread. But like the common thing between us is that we played Madden, we played sports video games, we did all that sort of stuff, and I think people don't know that about you because I think now you you've sort of you've you're not a hardcore gamer at this point you've kind of moved on you you, you know you're you're not that big and and, and neither am I I'm really not at that same level either but yeah 10 15 years ago that that was my life and that was your life too like you're saying you were a top 10 ranked player like you're you're in you were in seven I remember you were in every league every Madden league you were in somehow I don't I don't know how it's possible that you were in every single league that that website had but you were
0: I was winning tournaments all kinds of shit so uh you know uh yeah I was but then you know when Madden started to suck I kind of lost my passion for Video games overall, I kept up until PlayStation Four. That's that's the gen where I stopped. The previous gen, I'm getting back in. I'm hunting back in, Rich. But at this point, I'm just a Grand Theft Auto slash sports game player. That's fair. You know, I'm not out there buying whatever the fuck Chrono Trigger. It's not happening.
2: <laughs> There's not a new okay? Chrono Trigger, so you don't have to worry.
0: Doesn't matter. Not buying Chrono Trigger. <laughs> not buying uh, you know, uh, uh, Dragon Marvel Quest. versus Capcom. Yeah, not happening. Um, you know, any of that bullshit? Primal Rage? Not for me. It's just it's gonna be video. None of these be, games
2: exist anymore, but that's fine.
0: <laughs> gonna be sports games and Grand Theft Auto. That's all I do. Madden
2: still sucks, though. But, that's unfortunate for you, though. Uh, I do have to let you know that Madden.
0: No, is, yeah, I know. I haven't I haven't purchased a Madden since the Ray Lewis. Yeah, game. unfortunately,
2: they still stink. So
0: that was oh. 0- that was oh five.
2: That was oh five. Yes.
0: The- with the introduction of the hit the stick,
2: the hit stick, baby, yeah, that was a, that was a game changer. That's that was that was probably my best Madden year as well. I remember uh, my buddy and I we did the Madden Challenge. Was it was that, that's what it was called? The one that like toured around the country uh, in different places. The Madden Challenge, and, and uh, him and I both did pretty well. He uh, he ended up in the final four, and then just got absolutely just a- completely destroyed by the guy that ended up winning the entire thing. And it was just like I had never seen a guy that was like. So good at a, at a, at a game, and I think he was like a nat- He was like number three in the world, and ended up you know winning you know tons of money for you know tournaments all across the country, or whatever. But my buddy, yeah, he he went on a run, and I made it to the, I want to say I made it to the quarterfinals or something like that. It was a pretty good uh, year, but yeah, that 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 Madden 05, was that was it, man. That was the whole thing, and then oh six, you get the the QB cone, and then it, it all kind of falls. Oh
0: five, oh five is the one that chased me off. That's the one where I played it for a week and promptly brought it back, and I never played it again. Um, I peaked with 03, the Falk cover.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. You were inspired. That's,
0: that's the one where I cleaned up. 04, I was very good, but I wasn't as good as I was on 03. Um, 05, I hated the game, but I kept playing NCAA. That I never gave up until they stopped making them.
2: Yeah, well, I played NCAA um, till, till the bitter end. Those games were awesome. Yeah, I... I Honestly, I have an Xbox right behind me, an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty that still has, you know, an NCAA Fourteen. I want to say, as uh, the most recent one, and and I fire it up every so often. I, I, you know, I do I do an okay job every so often, you know, throwing that. I mean, that just doing the recruiting, I get I get like sucked into that game uh, these days. But I don't I don't know if it's ever coming back, unfortunately, in football. But maybe you, one day.
0: You know what I was big on in the PS Three era, the Two K Team Up.
2: Oh, but now you're back though.
0: I no, I will be back. But the team up was tremendous. Did I know the team up team is up? still,
2: yeah, oh, absolutely, still yeah. do, still do. I don't, I don't know if if they carried it over to next gen. It uh, it is okay. So I will tell you about team up. It's been a while since you've been around. The team up used to be really awesome because you used to be able to select any team you wanted, like you yeah. know teams that like actual teams, like and and that would be our thing. Is like me and my buddies would would play as the worst team against like whatever you know the heat, you know, insert whatever the best team was. Everybody would always want to be that team, and then our goal was like. You know, with the, the the New Jersey Nets led by like, you know, YG on Leon, <laughs> and like, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the famous one is we would always be the Knicks. And it was like Chris Duhon and David Lee. And these guys, I'm sure on the other end, are like, what are these guys doing? Like, are you kidding? Like, we're the heat and they're going to be fucking, you know, Chris Duhon and David Lee. And then we would just destroy them. We just pick and roll them to death. Just absolutely destroy them. It, the problem now with team up. And again, I don't know if this is moving over to next gen. So just just a word of warning is that ha- it's called all star team up now. And what happens is essentially you only can pick like the best players in the league or the best players of all time type thing.
0: Okay, that sucks, and I'll never do it. Yeah, it
2: stinks. So we still we still troll uh, because like you can be you can be semi bad like good all time play. Does that make sense? Like. I like I like I'll choose like Rudy Larusso, <laughs> you know what I mean, like some you know nineteen fifties you know Minneapolis Laker or whatever that you know was a center but is like five six or whatever you know six six four or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of stinks because it's just a bunch of people playing as like LeBron and 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 Jordan and just turboing and dunking everywhere and stuff so it does no, that's, think, no. so. I,
0: I i want the team up where it's like kings versus uh grizzlies yeah
2: right right and that is that unfortunately is not and again i don't know if they change it with next gen but they stopped doing that style of team up uh a few years ago and it it, it did, still breaks my did, heart every day
0: did we ever play team up i we might
2: have. <sighs> i think we did yeah i'm almost positive we did
0: with that whole crew you know who i'm talking about i don't know if you we're still around then, though, with those guys, because I definitely played team up with all those dudes. But I don't know if you were around. For, you may have been.
2: You well, see, I never been. had a PS3. Were you only a PS3 guy, though? Well,
0: there you go. So yeah, you no. So I, I was yeah. a
2: 360 guy. So, yeah, I don't think I did.
0: Okay. So, yeah, we definitely didn't. But uh, that, yeah. Um, I don't mess with my player. None of that bullshit. I'm not looking to fucking – I'm not looking to to, to to fucking role play, Okay. I just – I want to play the game. I want to pick the Sacramento Kings, and I want to play my little association mode or do some team up. I'm not into all the other bells, bells and whistles bullshit that they add to these games though. Like you, you, you pop into 2K, and the first thing they make you do is create a MyPlayer. Yeah,
2: is that not the most infuriating thing ever?
0: And I'm like, I'm not interested. I don't care. I'm never using this ever. In a million years, I'm never playing with this my player character. But they make you go through the whole process of creating this thing, and then you level them up and all that shit, and you play online. I have no interest, so you know that that that's kind of annoying. But um, I did transition from Madden to NCAA. Oh, I had a I I did have an MLB the Show phase. Ah, well. okay,
2: yeah, yeah, that game's still great. That's the game, and and you know what? What's going to help with you? Is that they haven't really improved it or changed it much in like the last like four or five years? But you're coming at it; you haven't played in eight years or whatever, seven, eight years or whatever. So it's going to be like night and day for you. So you'll be able to slide in there perfectly. So you you're actually the smart one. Like I'm the idiot that's like ah, they have changed nothing in this game over the last two years or whatever. And you're going to open it up, and it's going to be like the new world to you as this brand new game that you haven't played in a decade or whatever. So yeah, you're you're, you're smart there.
0: That's true. I I haven't played the show since twelve. That's almost that's 8 year. No, it's going to be 21. 9 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So it's going to it's going to seem like a drastic improvement to me. Uh Matt, you know what? I'm going to commit to buying Madden for the first time since that Ray Lewis cover and we'll see how that goes. Maybe we'll do some bonus content on that. You know, since we're wasting everybody's time tonight on it. <laughs>
2: yeah, so but, so uh, you said you had a topic to lead to lead the show off. So uh Let's let's go with that. What what well before we got absolutely derailed by my mic being muted and this PS five talk. What 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 did you have on your mind?
0: Well, thank God for the shitty video game talk because half of it your mic didn't work, so we kind of got bailed out there. But um, I guess we have to talk about wrestling, right?
2: At some point, yeah. It kind of stinks, though. Um, it, some of it's good, but most of it's not good right now. So I'd rather talk about men o five or o four with you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll we have to do it. So.
0: There's a guy in the chat room at, saying that I guess Joe isn't playing road to the show on MLB. No. I told you I'm not into fantasy role play unless it involves my bedroom. That's the only place you're going to get fantasy role play. I don't have any interest in uh, creating myself in a video game. Okay. You got to set your limits somewhere. If I'm firing up the MLB this show, I'm Joey Votto. Okay. There's no reason to put Joe Lanza on the Cincinnati. It, it, no. So the answer is no. Um, Very much against that Okay, so wrestling, you want to do some wrestling Rich?
2: I guess, yeah, I, I suppose we should at some point
0: Okay, so I talked about this a little bit Behind the uh, paywall today On the on the uh, Thursday Dynamite review It's no longer the Thursday TV reviews, Rich It's the Thursday Dynamite review Because I dropped
2: NXT You're, really, you're missing some great it. NXT TV I can tell you, I watched a few minutes I watched a few minutes of this week's NXT And I... Dude, what is that what is that show now? I I I've lost all connection to NXT. It it, it is so weird. Nothing makes sense. It's so bizarre. I turned it on, and you know, there's there's Bo or whatever his name is, and he's being held by his hands being held by some old Asian dude, and then he draws an X on him and Bo's like shaking, and I'm like, what is what am I watching? What is this? Dear God.
0: Oh well, Zia Lee was losing all of her matches, and then uh-huh. Bo came down to the Bo came down to the ring one week and handed her a letter with Chinese lettering, uh-huh. and she looked real nervous, and she was like begging William Regal for more chances to win uh, matches, and and he didn't want to give her matches because she stinks and she never wins, <laughs> and you know, and I thought it was going to be some kind of like creepy, like uh, you know, uh, just some kind of storyline where she's you know, because uh, she looked very nervous about the fact that she got this letter, like. Uh, maybe she was being abused or something, but now, you know, now Bo has been worked in. It turns out that their family back home is, uh, very disappointed in their performance. And what, what are we even doing here? Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> Why are Bo you explaining this? And,
2: Again, you, you could have court. made all that up and I would say, sure. I believe that. That's <laughs> exactly. I have no idea if you're actually saying the truth. But I don't care because that sounds stupid and I don't want to watch it. So
0: No NXT has is now firmly become the sixth hour of just uh main roster television. It's not what it used to be. There's it's it, it just it's a completely different feel and, and um it's not a bad show, but it's not a good show either. And I just got tired of devoting um a lot of hours to it. You know, the two hours it takes to watch it, the hour it takes to take notes and put a show together and review it. And I don't know. It's, it's freed up a lot of time for me to not have to deal with it anymore. Cause it just, it isn't very good, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. What I wanted to talk about was I've kind of come to this realization and I want to pitch this to you, uh, with AEW announcing Moxley versus Omega for Dynamite on December 2nd. Did you see this?
2: Race? I did. Yeah, yeah, I did.
0: And people saying, well, that's a pay-per-view match, right? That's crazy that they're just doing that on Dynamite. But a point that I've been making on the TV reviews for many months in regards to NXT and their television ratings is whenever NXT does a special show, most recently with the Halloween Havoc, but we've seen it at other times, whenever they give away takeover quality stuff on NXT, they always pop a huge number. It works, Right. They uh, they they compete with the dynamite numbers. They beat dynamite. Uh, have beaten dynamite sometimes. You know, at times in total viewers, uh, like they did the Halloween Havoc week, and then I saw that Sasha Banks and It's Bailey for their most recent match topped out at over two point five million viewers for their match, which was the highest number on the WWE main roster, according to Dave Meltzer, since Goldberg returned to WWE tv earlier this year which was something you talked about when we did our hall of fame show with joe Gagné, as uh, as to why uh, both of us voted for goldberg for the hall of fame this year feeling that his most recent wwe runs have kind of pushed him over the top because he demonstrated that he was a legitimate draw in an era where it's very hard to kind of figure out who really is moving the needle right but he had measurable effects on business right right um uh, but my point here is, you look at, I've been very critical of WWE for giving away Sasha Banks versus Bailey on TV multiple times, blowing through a match at Elimination Chamber and putting them in a chamber right away. We talked about here on this show how we wouldn't have had them touch until WrestleMania, right? Because that's the old school way of doing things. And, you know, you build to the biggest show, you have this big feud. But when I look at all this evidence, NXT popping their biggest numbers when they give everything away. Sasha and Bayley doing 2.5 million viewers. AEW, quote unquote, giving away Moxley versus Omega on December 2nd. When I look at this and then you consider what revenue is driving the cart these days, it's television revenue, it's the television contracts, it's the television deals. WWE is not only sustaining themselves, but putting up record revenues. During a pandemic, when they can't sell a single ticket and haven't sold a single ticket thanks to their enormous television deals, right? So maybe as analysts and people who break this stuff down, we need to change our mode of thinking. Maybe I was wrong about Sasha and Bayley and saving it for WrestleMania. Maybe it's smarter, like I've been saying about NXT, and then I always talk myself out of it on the air. I'm like, fuck it. Why don't they just give everything? Fuck the takeovers. Get rid of them. You can't sell tickets anyway. No one buys the network no matter what you put on the network. So why not just do all of your top NXT matches on the TV? And then I always talk myself out of it because of the old-school mode of thinking. Right, no, right. That's just not how hand.
2: it's ever been. Yeah, it's just not how... Especially not in the last 20, 30 years. It's just not how wrestling has been structured. It's been building to pay-per-views and and, and stuff. So, especially WWE. Right. I mean, WCW, you know, famously was... Give, you know, received a lot of shit uh, back in, you know, you know the Monday Night Wars days for, for giving away... You know, top tier matches and not doing them on pay per views or whatever, and that was seen as like sacrilegious. Like, what are you doing? No, you build to the pay per view. You build to the main, you know, the, the the big events. You build towards, you know, your your, your whatever's your starcades or, or you know any any sort of big time event. You don't just put, you know, a, a Sting versus Hogan on, on on Nitro. You don't just put Flair versus Sting on, on Nitro. You build it for the pay per view. And 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 well, was... they
0: were well, well, they were stupid for doing that because at that time pay per view was right, a
2: exactly, right, right, and that and that's what I mean. Like that, the, the same thing that we can, and that's where I think. Things Need to change a little bit, and it's actually great that you brought this point up, you know, this week because I think there's actually we're starting to see internally in WWE. I think that they're realizing this more and more that their business has changed because, yeah, absolutely there there was there was no argument whatsoever for WCW doing what they did because pay per view was driving a ton of revenue. Pay per view was the biggest deal. WWE realized that WWE, you know, Raw they were getting when you look at the number, like the money that Raw was getting in like 1996 or whatever for an episode of uh, of Raw, it was like. It is. It, it's my. It's like fifteen thousand dollars or something like that. It's some some number that's unfathomable today when they're making like a million plus on an episode of Raw now, and and, and one thing that's actually crazy that, that again that, that you brought it up this week is. And I, I I I know you saw this and, and and maybe some other people did as well, but like uh Tony Chimmel, who who has been with the company since what was it, nineteen eighty something or not, he'd been in WWE for years. Years and years Early. and years. Early. Old ring Age. announcer, live event announcer, all that sort of stuff. Well, he got let go along with about ten or fifteen other people that work in uh Stanford, Connecticut and work with WWE and it's been hard to get some details about it. Probably this observer is going to have some of those names, but you know, listening to Dave and Brian talk about it on, on Wrestling Observer Radio earlier this week, they said that most of those cuts came from the live event business, the live event people, the coordinators, the talent, bo- the you know the building bookers, the the people that coordinate whatever you know coordinate catering, anything any sort of live event business people. That's where the biggest cuts have come in WWE's office because I think they realize and 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 it's something that we've been talking about for years. I've been talking about for years. especially every time these quarterly reports came out and I'm looking at the house show numbers, I'm like, why do they run house shows? What is the point of running these house shows? Why would you even bother running these? And I think WWE is realizing, wait, what is the point of us running these house shows? I don't know if they're ever going to go back on the road full time, ever again. Even even when we're back to normal, quote unquote, even when, when this is over and done with or whatever, I don't think they're ever going back on the road because why the hell would they? There's just no reason to. Less infrastructure needed, less talent needed, less wear down of talent, and look, you're making more money than ever by never leaving the Performance Center or never leaving the Thunderdome or never leaving whatever. I still think they'll go on the road potentially for for big-time pay-per-views and stuff. But you can make an argument that, I mean, is it even worth it? Is it even worth it? You know, if, if, and, and I think that kind of plays into your thing as well is that we, we're, we're the wrestling business, 2020 is going to be a, 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 just a monumental change in the wrestling business. Things will never going to be the same again. It, it is not only because of COVID WWE signs that deal. AEW signs their deal. As long as that TV money is coming in, there is no reason whatsoever to look at the past wrestling business and follow whatever the past wrestling business was in America. It, there's no reason for house shows, no reason to build the pay-per-views. Like you said, no reason to go on the road full time, no reason to have people on the road six days a week or whatever. There's just no, no reason whatsoever to do that because it's just not a big part of your revenue anymore. And as we're seeing in 2020, they don't need it. They're better off without it, <laughs> you know. So, uh, how sustainable that is, I don't know. But I mean, fuck, I think they're going to try for twenty twenty one. I, you know, sorry Des Moines, Iowa. I don't think you're getting you know WWE live anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I I just think when by far the biggest revenue stream are the television contracts. That, I think that your television ratings need to be your top focus now, yeah. As opposed to saving your matches for your pay-per-views when in WWE pay-per-views are virtually non-existent. They exist, but, you know, almost nobody buys them and it's a drop in the bucket to their total revenue. When WWE network has been a bust, has never come close to meeting projections and nothing they, they do can seem to reverse that to the point they've essentially given up on it. I mean, if, if giving away WrestleMania for nine 99, wasn't going to make the network a success, nothing will. So when you consider that they don't even – pay-per-views are a virtual non-entity. The network is just – it was too early and of an idea and it's never going to get off the ground and, and never going to meet the projections that they were hoping for. And in AEW's case, they do four pay-per-views a year and no matter what they put on them, they do the same 100,000 buys every single time. They've got a loyal – customer base that's going to buy all of their pay-per-views within reason. You can't put an AEW dark level lineup on it. Right, right, right. I hope people understand what I'm I'm saying here. I'm not saying you can literally – you still have to put up strong cards. But if they put up any reasonably strong card, they're going to do right in that same range as they always do. So if the television deals are the prime revenue driver, then maybe what we're seeing here are these companies reacting to that. And maybe I that we were wrong all along, saying that they were they were wrong to burn off Sasha and Bailey on TV multiple times. And I still wouldn't have done an Elimination Chamber match as their first pay-per-view match necessarily. I think you could have saved that at least. But you get the idea, and it's kind of like what really made this sink in for me is seeing that Mox and Omega match being advertised for December second and seeing that big number that Sasha and Bailey did. This past week and then thinking, well, oh, yeah, this is the same argument I've been making for NXT. I've been saying that NXT should follow this strategy, but it seems as though everyone's doing it now because they're following the money. And I think that pundits like us need to change our mode of thinking. And maybe we need to get away from analysis that we've been doing for the last 20 years out of habit of, oh, they need to save Moxley and and Omega for pay-per-view. Why? Why? I mean, if there if 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 there's more upside in increasing your television ratings, and and getting a monster television deal, then maybe that needs to be the focus as opposed to to putting all of your in, in AEW's case putting all of your matches on pay, big matches on pay per view, and in WWE's case, honestly, putting any big match on pay per view. Why would WWE put any big? No one buys the the, the network anyway. So, you know, they're even in a more drastic position to just kind of give things away. I keep using the phrase give things away, but it's not giving them away. Right, if right. You're...
2: <laughs> they're making billions of dollars on, on these matches and, and, and those shows. So, yeah.
0: So this was kind of the thought process that I went through today. <coughs> One cough per show. And I thought it would be interesting to pitch this to you to see what you thought.
2: So so my initial thought is, and, and, and the thing that I always come to, and, and it feels like it's a conversation, especially, you know, you and I, we, we follow sports, uh, we're big sports fans. For the last 10 years, people have been saying, yeah, this TV money's good, but when that bubble bursts, like, oh, man, look out. You know what I mean? Like, when that bubble bursts, look out. The bubble hasn't burst yet. And that, to me, is because is, my initial thought would be, yeah, go for it. That's where the money's at. Chase that, that TV money. Do whatever you can to get good ratings. Do whatever you can to appease the networks. Do whatever you can to then sell to future networks with with the ratings that you have, especially in the key demos and that sort of stuff, and sell to advertisers. That makes all the sense in the world. That is where the money is at in in, in modern American pro wrestling. Is, is Absolutely. Is that always going to be the case, though? And do you want to maybe... I don't want to say hotshot. Hotshot's Hot shot's not the right word because I don't think what AEW is doing is hot shotting Omega and, and, and Ambrose by having it in December. Like they're saying that, hey, in a month now, for a month from now, this is this big match that's going to happen. I don't, I wouldn't call that hot shotting. What WWE did with Sasha and Bayley, I suppose you could maybe argue. Just seems like they were rushing through it as quickly as possible, not building anticipation, and and to me, that's always one of the big things about pay per views, and that's what the big thing about major events in, in, in wrestling is that you build an anticipation, you build and you build and you build, and you make people want it even more, and you can do that same thing with TV. I just worry that if we come into too much of a, you know, where people get in the habit of just every single week has to be a gigantic match, a gigantic moment. Oh. A,
0: okay, well, let me. Okay, that's a great point that you're making because whenever I, I talked about this in regards to NXT on the Thursday TV reviews the subscribers know my point was always you can't empty the tank every week Exa- yeah right 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 because then you're just you burn it out it's like anything else you you still can't burn the territory out okay but if NXT were to move to a model where they did one big monthly show that they built to every you know once a month to pop a big rating, which then pops, which then raises your averages across the board. And then when it comes time to renegotiate with USA, you're in good shape. And and, and I don't, and I agree with you. They're not hot shotting Moxley and Omega far from it. That's a well-built match. They're doing the exact opposite
2: and telling you, hey, in a month, this is when this match is going to happen.
0: Yes. Omega had to win this tournament. Moxley had to get through Kingston. And like you're saying, they're telling you you're not getting it for five or six weeks. They're doing a proper build. They're just doing it on TV instead of a pay-per-view. So it's still the same proper build for that match. They're just giving it to you. Now look, and it's very possible that they're going to have a non-finish. Either go to a time limit draw or maybe do the first double count out or double DQ in company history and then make you pay for the rematch at Revolution. That's entirely possible. Okay, But it's still notable that they're giving away a match this, this big on TV especially since it's a title match. Now, it's not the first time they've wrestled. They feuded early on in the company's history, but that's ancient history at this point. Yeah, right, right, right. Both guys are in a very different place. Right, in different characters, go.
2: different spots in the car, different, yeah, that, that, that's absolutely. It's a year ago, and, and, and it feels like a year ago, too. A lot has changed in that year's time, for sure.
0: And it's a world title match. And look, I'm not suggesting that AEW should give away all of their biggest matches on free TV. I think NXT should. I really do especially during the pandemic. If you can't sell tickets to take over anyway and takeovers aren't moving network buys. No. Then what the fuck just do your takeovers on TV like they've been doing with Halloween Havoc and that, and a couple, you know, months before that when they did uh, a takeover le- they, they've done takeover level shows on on TV and they've done well every time. So instead, why don't you just build to those and put them on TV? I think and that, see I think it's a different case for all three. I think NXT they should absolutely Dump the takeovers off the network and do them on TV because it works. AEW, you've got four pay per views a year, but in between, I think they should give away their biggest matches in between on free TV, like they're doing with Moxley and Omega, to help those ratings, bring viewers in. WWE for the main roster, you know, again, that's a little trickier, um, but I, you know, I think they should all handle it. Should all be handled in different ways, but I do think it's time to adjust the thinking because it's like, why are we being slaves? To the old system of, right. uh, of what was driving the top revenue. When clearly right now, it's and look, um, the dude, uh, the other con, the one that WWE hired to take the place Nick, of Ferry yeah, o- Nick well, Con, Nick Con, Nick Con. You know he's confident that despite their rating slump, that by the time the n- new deals come around, which is another four years, by the way, because they've only just finished year one of the deals that they just signed, he's confident they can get an even bigger deal anyway. And this is a guy deeply embedded in that world. That's why they hired him. So it's like if the experts don't think that bubble's bursting yet and we're talking about a half decade down the line, which is an eternity, then I think you need to model your business around what's going to drive the most revenue. And that's TV. So I think we're going to see more things like Moxley and Omega on Dynamite. And we're going to see more things like Halloween Havoc type specials on NXT and and and, and more things like Sasha and Bailey wrestling each other on TV multiple times before, you know, they ever wrestle on pay-per-view because I just think that that's the you got to follow the money.
2: No, it's a great point. I, I, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is it's been a transformative year in, in pro wrestling and we're going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, later in the show, when we talk about you know WWE developmental and all that sort of stuff, but uh, yeah, I, it, like you know, when, when you know the thing that you're talking about there with the TV, you know, the thing where I, I'm mentioning with Tony Chimmel and the live events uh, business, you look at AEW and they haven't had to book a building in a year or you know <laughs> most of the year, they haven't able to, they haven't had to travel, they haven't had to you know take all their stuff and set it up and put it, you know, it has been. I, I really do wonder. I really, I, I. I who knows? Who knows 2021 is going to happen. you know, what's going to happen or, or how the things are going to go or, or whatever. But you look at the landscape of wrestling and it, it's kind of funny. It, it harkens back a little bit to the Hall of Fame show that, you know, we did uh, over the weekend with Joe Gagne. And Don Owen is a name that we mentioned before, a promoter that you, I think you voted for him for the Hall of Fame. I forget. Did, did Gagne vote for him Hall of Fame or no?
0: Uh, I've got my notes here. Um Gagney, actually i didn't take notes on the non-wrestlers oddly enough. yes i'm sorry i don't
2: i I could i could click around or whatever but but regardless you've been a don owen voter many many years and people always say the the thing that kept don owen alive for five six years after almost every other territory went out of business that kept him going until you know what 90 91 92 somewhere in that range is that he bought his own building he did tv out of this old converted bowling alley and he didn't you know he bought it and then it, he didn't have to pay rent, he didn't have to travel, he didn't have to do a bunch of shit, guys just came, they worked his building, and then they left, and that was what it was, and I, I'm not saying that, like, that's gonna be the long-term play for WWE or AEW, and, and maybe the wrestlers are gonna say, nah, dude, I'm sick of working in front of, you know, no fans, or, or or planted fans, or whatever, but we talked about this a few weeks ago, with WWE, this is Vince McMahon's dream, is, look, I control the audience now, I make them boo, I make them cheer, I make them do what I want them to do, and I never have to worry about them booing the guy that I want to cheer, or cheering the guy I want to boo, or getting bored by a match, or chanting things I don't want them to chant. I control the audience now. And that temptation, the temptation to say, ah, you know, this has been good, I've been able to control everything, and we've made more money than ever, and it's cheaper... And, and our bottom line is now a lot less than it, than it used to be. Scrap all this. Let's go back on the road and, and, and pile all these people up into trucks and, and, and cars and have them go all over the road and do this sort of thing. So we're back in these crowds and, and I'm back trying to manipulate these crowds and failing miserably because I'm terrible at what I do. Like The, the temptation to not just say, fuck it, let's just do Thunderdome in our own arena. Let's buy an arena and just do Thunderdome from this arena from here on out. It totally justified, I think, at this point.
0: For for Vince, absolutely, because, and I made this point earlier in the week. They're not a wrestling promotion anymore, and I don't think that's a, and that's not even a unique point for me. They are a television content company, and you know he's finally achieved his dream of just creating a television show as opposed to a wrestling promotion. Where I think AEW still sees themselves, and they are a wrestling promotion, and you know they can't, you know they'll get back in front of live crowds and. And all of that. And I, I do think this is tempting for Vince because, like you're saying, he can control the reactions. He can control all of the narratives where before they had totally lost their, their grip on controlling the emotions of the audience. They have, he totally lost his touch. And um, like you're saying, now that doesn't have to be a factor anymore. And he could put the, the stories on TV that he wants to put on TV and tell them his way without any interference from those pesky fans. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And, At the and- end of the
0: at the end of the day, we're just costing them money anyway.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and the thing that I thought was really interesting, and, and we, we didn't talk much about it, but the W Business Report, the, the, the Q3 that came out, is that everybody was thinking, oh, this Thunderdome, what an investment this was. And then I looked, and it was like barely an investment. It was a drop in, a drop in the bucket of, yeah. of WWE Business. And it's like, holy shit, they rented a, a, a basketball arena for two, three months or whatever. I forget what the exact time was, set up all these video boards, did all this sort of shit, and it cost them nothing. Yeah, It was nothing even, compared to what they would normally do to run fucking house shows and run Raws in goddamn, you know, random in Minneapolis, you know, and, and then, you know, we're after Minneapolis, we're going to Milwaukee and, and like all that's That is I, I think I really, truly believe that not only are house shows dead, but I think it's going to take a lot of convincing for Vince McMahon to tear all that shit down and get back on the road and, and do his TV in front of the crowds again. I really do. Even
0: even the analysts who knew they were going to save money by doing that and make more money underestimated how
2: much yeah right that they make <laughs> yeah. By doing that. it was a shock of oh that's how much the Room cost well shit like uh, <laughs> an eye opener to everybody people thought oh well the, the everything that they're gonna say by not going on the road they're gonna invest in in, in renting out this building that was not the case at all so yeah it, it, it's and it's weird because it actually goes back to Vince Man's original because uh, what, what was the name of the building that back in like the early early 80s that he bought oh my oh, god the, uh, what am i oh, the, Mid, the, the hudson civic uh, what is it the
0: no, it wasn't the mid-hudson civic center he didn't buy that he bought um it was a small hockey rink in rhode island I yeah think. fuck um, what is
2: the name of that it's the adult? i can't
0: i can't remember the name god of the building, but, damn. but it that's was, like
2: originally vince McMahon's idea and like originally a lot of wrestling promoters did the same thing and said not necessarily that they didn't want to have fans they wanted to have fans they just couldn't afford to like go you know so they did all their tv from one central location and uh Credit to the AWA Team Challenge Series. They had the better idea. <laughs> let's, just video, let's just green screen crowds in. It'll be better. They did it in the worst possible way, humanly possible. You know, it's absolutely a, a joke of, of, of proportions or whatever. But we're there now. We're really there now where the technology is caught up with it, where you can realistically do that. And and like you said, AEW could do that, but I don't think they will. I think enough of the AEW roster, I think enough of those guys want to be in front of fans, strive to be in front of fans, uh, would, would, would prefer to... Go on the road in some way, shape, or form. But I don't think the AEW is ever doing house shows. Well,
0: well, I think – no, I think they will. I I think – look, I think Tony Khan wants to run a wrestling promotion. And I think the further WWE gets away from that, the more of that niche he can fill. They
2: can become the alternative by by touring maybe, yeah.
0: Yeah, they could become a – they could be a wrestling promotion for people who want a wrestling promotion. Because the WWE thing is only going to get – all the things we complain about are only going to get worse in terms of them not really being around re- because they're not really a wrestling promotion anymore. And they don't even attempt to tell cohesive stories anymore because it does not matter. All that matters is what you do this week, you know, and that's why the show's so bad and why we've been complaining about it for years. But there was talk that AEW might do a small handful of, of house shows, especially to get some of the younger wrestlers work. Um, and those sorts of things. And I think that's an idea that, but look, we got to get past this fucking disease. First of all, before we even think about any of those sorts of things, but you know, AEW can fill that niche for people who are looking for traditional pro wrestling, you know, and cause that's, you're, I don't think you're getting that while Vince McMahon is alive again. And who knows what happens when he's gone? Um, but yeah, you know this conversation kind of drifted into other areas.
2: Yeah, but- yeah, but no, no, I think I think your ultimate point is, is is absolutely right, and it's actually you know something that I that I remember as well. And and we were doing the show, I think, when they just maybe we were early parts of the show or whatever. But uh, do you remember when TNA decided that they were going to cut their pay per views like in half or something? They did. I think they went to quarterly. Uh, they maybe did six a year. I forget exactly what the numbers were. And the idea was smartly. Let's just make TV really, really important. You know, let's make the TV more important. Let's lessen the pay-per-views. We only have to build, you know, to six things a year, four things a year. I forget exactly what the number was. You know, honestly, they were a little bit ahead of the game. They were probably, you know, and, and to the same point, too, like, Impact's entire business was based off Spike TV giving them money. And Spike TV saying, yeah, sure, you know, yeah. Dixie and, 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 you know, Dixie mostly, but Spike also saying, hey, you know, we'll front the bill for Sting and Kurt Angle and Hulk Hogan or whatever, and we'll give you a, a lot of money to, you know, run a, a, a TV show on our network or whatever. And they fucked that over royally, and, you know, obviously, for a multitude of reasons, you know, got kicked off of Spike and sent away and now, you know, are, are just kind of floating in, in the abyss, you know, many networks ago. But, you know, TNA kind of had that idea. The problem was their TV stunk, and they had no idea what to do with it. And essentially, they just made really shitty TV with less pay per views, and that, that's that's obviously not the way you want to go. But but I think you know you look at that template, and that's kind of what it is as well. I mean, it's 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 not a, it's a completely foreign concept what you're bringing up here. It's just that no company has really, I think, fully said no. This is what we're going to do now. This is what's most important to us. And,
0: and my argument is that we're starting to see them maybe going. Yes, that exactly. I
2: agree. I agree. And,
0: and and we're kind of in the early stages of that. And I just you know I think they're they're moving that way. The one major negative to the McMahon model though currently um, would be that without those hot crowds, it's hard to grow the business because those – you know, having your show in front of those hot crowds and everything helps build stars, which then in turn helps to grow your business. And we saw how ratings dropped when they were in the Performance Center and how they climbed back up when they moved to the Thunderdome because that was a slight improvement on the environment of the Performance Center, right? And going in front of crowds I think would probably bump up their numbers a little more too. But the thing is it's like I don't think they care because they come on these quarterly calls with their ratings in the shitter. And it does – and because it does not matter, they just lie to you and lie to themselves. And Vince McMahon says things like, all right, 1.6 million people are watching Raw, but every – you know we have more fans than that. They're watching on YouTube. They're watching on you know digital. They're doing – but they're not. Okay, they they have lost fans. He probably knows that deep down, but, you know, he spins it for the investors. And maybe he's even spinning it. Maybe he doesn't know that deep down. Maybe he is doing spin. Maybe he has convinced himself that we're just in a new era where people are consuming it another way. But there's no evidence that they're doing so. So that's where kind of his model falls apart. And that's where I kind of think it would be smarter for AEW to just remain a traditional wrestling company in front of crowds. Uh, in front of ticket-paying customers, and just do it the way it's always been from that perspective. Except maybe, you know, you can do bigger matches on TV sure. now, and we have to get away from the idea that you have to live in fear of giving anything away on TV. You know, because that's the way we've looked at it too for the eight years we've been doing this show. You know, we even talk about that in relation to Japanese companies, like, oh, well, you don't want to give away too much here; you want to save it for this. And you know, that's always been our mindset. And I just think that might. That This is probably where we kind of have to try to retrain ourselves as the business changes, uh, this idea that you're giving things away on TV when TV at this point is honestly the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. But definitely for – now, AEW, you can compare the $45 million or whatever it is per year that they're getting for TV and then try to do the math and figure out what they're getting when they sell 400,000 pay-per-views a year. And, and you know, maybe it's a little more balanced there. That's why I say you can't just approach it black and white across the board. Every company needs to approach it the same way because their revenue balance is going to be drastically different than WWE's revenue balance because of the enormity and the size of WWE's TV deals. But the end game for AEW should always be to try to get a bigger television deal every time. So if that means you have to, quote unquote, burn off a Moxley versus Omega now and then, I think you have to do it.
2: Yeah, and 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 you know, some people in the chat room have brought up a decent point that like Pac and Omega was, you know, the Iron Man match was on TV, and and maybe that was like a sign that this was going to maybe be what this company could do. It sometimes, you know, that 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 was done before Revolution, the week before Revolution, the week of Revolution, right? Like they decided th- this Pac versus Omega, which had been built pretty well and was a decent match. It's nothing on the level of Omega versus Moxley. Like this is the first time that I would say they've blown off like a true. Sort of main event title match thing here with 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 Omega Moxley, but they've done it a little bit before. They've they dipped their toes in it without fully going in. But yeah, you're absolutely right that this this Moxley and Omega thing is jumping all the way in the deep end and just saying fuck it, we're doing it and we're going this for the it.
0: Big, this is by far the biggest match they've yeah. ever done. On and, ever.
2: and and again, like you know, to our point that we talked about a little bit earlier, I, I'm all in favor of this provided you you give it build and you say, hey, look, in a month this is the match we're going to give. It's a big time match, but it's happening in a month. I am yeah. 100% okay with trying that. I am not 100% okay with Dynamite starts off and they say, Tony Khan made Omega versus Moxley tonight on Dynamite. Like That shit's terrible and that will always be terrible. That is a, a, no, you a, can't, you, a horrendous you idea. Can't,
0: yeah, you can't burn it out and you can't be desperate and you can't fall into the trap of we did a bad number last week so we have to hot shots something, right. something this week because now you're talking about you were what you were talking about earlier with WCW where they were so consumed with winning what ultimately was a meaningless ratings battle that they were giving everything away and hot shotting stuff in an effort just to win the next week. And what did it mean at the end of the day, whether you beat WWE by 200,000 viewers or lost by a hundred thousand, what does it matter? Looking back on it 20 years ago, they destroyed their company by chasing that. So yeah, you can't, you can't hot shot. You can't just, throw balls to the wall every week you run out of matches in two months so you know that's not what we're suggesting here it's but 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 there should be you know uh more of directing your business towards what's ultimately going to draw you the most money and that's definitely not house shows anymore as rich has been laying out for months if not years and it's uh quickly becoming not pay-per-view anymore
2: it's pretty wild, yeah. The the network. I mean, we we've lived through the beginning of the network, the the anticipation of the network, the the rollout of the network, the projections of the network, and it is. It's pretty undeniable that that thing's been a massive failure. Like I love it, <laughs> you know. Like I've always said, like I was a day one subscriber, and I'm never getting rid of that thing because it's awesome and it's incredible to just you know pop on whatever the hell I want to watch at any point if I want to watch you know a, an episode of 1991 Superstars or whatever you know whatever I want to put on any pay per view any. It, it, but like it's a it's an absolute disaster. It's a fucking failure of, of of epic proportions. Just didn't work. I mean, it just didn't work at all for what they wanted, and it, it it's I think it's it, it's it's played a huge part in transforming their business. If that thing had 5 million people subscribing to it, then I don't know that the, the, what you're saying it would be as easy to do. Whereas now it's like, ah, fuck it, who cares? That makes it that, that's yeah. one 190th one of our, 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 in, our revenue, probably way less than that, even. Yeah, what are they at? What's their number even at right now? 800,000?
0: What? Uh, the
2: network? Because it, it, it hasn't reached it, it, it fell below a million, right? Point, or am right, I wrong?
0: No, 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 no. It was 1.3 million or something like that. Okay. Last uh, um, they haven't given a number in a while, though. No. I don't. I don't
2: Let's say it's still given. a million. A million dollars at ten dollars—that's a fucking dr- nothing. <laughs> you know, it's a, that's nothing to them anymore.
0: Uh, Netflix has one hundred ninety-five point two million subscribers. <laughs> right. Disney Disney Plus, which is considered like, eh, it's been okay, right? Seventy-three point seven million subscribers. And HBO Max, which to this point is considered a bomb, an
2: un- un- unmitigated disaster had, for HBO. Yeah,
0: and they've had no, they've had problems getting on certain platforms. I still don't think they're on Fire Stick, and I'm not even sure if they're on Roku yet. It's been considered, um, you know, not a bomb on the scale. What was the mobile thing that just folded? That thing. Was oh, Quibi,
2: Quibi, yeah.
0: It's not Quibi levels, but HBO Max, you know, in the industry is considered to be struggling. Has 38 million <laughs> subscribers. Yeah, right. And WWE Network ha- has hasn't been able. Their initial projections were three million. Hey, they never, they never got to two. I don't think they ever got to two. I don't
2: think so either. Yeah, I think they got one point eight. I think was maybe their highest ever, and I might be making that up too.
0: And you've got you know Disney Plus out here where people think it's like ah, the jury's out, and they've got seventy three million subscribers. <laughs> right. so, you know, it just tells you, you know, it's uh, and look. I'm as stunned as anyone that the network didn't work out. I mean, it is an incredible value for $9.99 a month. It's ridiculous. To, you know, to get all of the pay per views every month and then that entire archive for $9.99, it's just stupid. I have no clue why it hasn't taken off and why it hasn't worked. I can't figure that one out. Do you have any clue why that wouldn't have worked out? And now, because it's existed for six, uh, what is it, 2014, right? Uh, yeah. So now, so now we're six years into it can't go back because now you have set the value for your pay-per-views at $10 you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube and charge 50 bucks for them now you're stuck and it's really amazing to me that the network has not worked out six years into this thing
2: yeah I mean I, I, at the time when, when they rolled it out I, I, I kind of said and it's weird that, you know, that it's it's been as true as it was but like unless WWE gets more popular It's just gonna be impossible for them to grow these network subscribers and 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 until they they convert the I mean, they, they have they have such a terrible, terrible job of converting they're there's quote unquote fans. And that's the best thing when Vince McMahon says, oh, well, we have way more people that consume our our, our stuff. And they they watch on YouTube and they watch on Twitter and they watch all that sort of stuff. Well, when you use those numbers and they say, oh, we have, you know, 45 million you know followers on this. And I'm like, dude, you only get one point five million of those 45 million followers to, to pay you guys ten dollars a month like you guys suck. You're really bad at your job. You're terrible at converting. And it just shows A, how maybe how bullshit some of those numbers are, those social media numbers, and B, maybe just how unpopular WWE is and, and, and even terrible at their job to not even convert those people.
0: Oh, listen, I'm not surprised in 2020. 2020- when 1.6 million people are watching Raw that they only have 1.3 million network subscribers. I was surprised in 2014 when they had 5 million people watching right, Raw. Right, right. They, converted,
2: they, they think- converted like 10% of their, their, their entire viewership to like network subscribers, yeah. which is wild.
0: Yeah, and they were getting over a million people to pay $60 for WrestleMania that they could only get 1.8 million people or whatever it was to subscribe. I thought it'd be a layup to get at least like 80% of the people watching their TV to order. And that sounds insane in hindsight. They've never even sniffed that, that kind of present. You know what I mean? It's like, well now they are cause no one's watching the TV and it's like, you know, but, but then they, you know, I couldn't believe it. I figured, all right, if 5 million, if 4 million people are watching the TV, why wouldn't 3 million people buy this thing for 10 bucks a month with the ridiculous value you're getting? And I thought maybe it wouldn't, Work great at first, and maybe they were a couple of years too early on streaming and stuff. But I figured by now it'd be a massive success. And we even talked about it at the time all right, they're sacrificing some pay per view money now, but it's going to pay off in the end. You know, it never did, and it's never going to. To the point they're trying to sell their pay per views to other streaming services and can't get anybody to buy them. How come no one's talking about that anymore? They can't even sell these pay-per-views. Oh, that's right. I
2: forgot at the beginning of the year they said that they were going to sell the pay-per-views to other streaming services. And we all assumed Peacock or you know all these other you know, startups Netflix were going to grab them. Really? Yeah, and nobody fucking called them apparently. so
0: Disney Plus or whoever. The, and they have not even been able to sell their pay-per-view package. And I think the network is such a value. I'd keep it for nine ninety nine without the pay-per-views. I like the archive so much. So it's like, I don't know. That, that one's a mystery to me. That one I don't get, but um, anyway, we kind of drifted off in many directions.
2: That's fine though. That was that was a, that was a good little topic there. So uh, we got plenty more to get to uh, uh, today. Well, we got some other big picture uh, topics we're going to get to as well. But uh, before we do that, I do have to let you know that this episode of the Voice Wrestling flagship podcast is sponsored by our friends at. My bookie, in between the NFL, college football, there is no shortage of games to watch. Tennis, the Masters is going on right now uh, as well. Thousands of lines available to play all of your favorite sports and events, and you can turn your game day into payday with MyBookie.ag. Uh, if you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, considering put a couple on the parlay and get a much bigger payout, uh, or you can do the underdogs. Don't forget the dogs. Joe, you love the underdogs. Uh, what have you been doing? Uh, have you, you're betting the golf, right? You, you've been into the Masters
0: Take the points. Oh, the golf.
2: Yeah, the golf.
0: Um, I'm not touching it until after Friday. I want to see where we are. That's fair. After That's the fair. Are, are you yeah, a golf yeah, betting man.
2: guy normally, or is this a new thing that you've you've jumped into?
0: I will uh, bet the major events. Interesting. Uh, okay. Am I sitting there betting, you know, some <laughs> random weekend events? Uh, you know, the seniors. Some dust- You're
2: not betting the seniors tour. <laughs> like-
0: well, let me tell you something. The Caesars can be profit. The seniors can be profitable because, um. Every now and then, Phil Mickelson, who just turned 50.
2: Oh, what a, what a schmuck. Are you kidding?
0: Listen, he's done it twice. Twice <laughs> the year, Phil Mickelson. He's he probably got 50,
2: bets on himself during that thing, right?
0: He has hopped on the senior tour twice just to kind of warm up and practice for whatever was coming the next week, and he won both of them. I mean, it's it's like easy <laughs> money, and he wins them by like three strokes. It's a joke. So you're laughing about the senior tour, which you can bet on, on my book. Yeah, of AG, course. By the way. OK, but you got to keep an eye on stuff like that because, you know, when, when you know, Mickelson, he's, he cleans up, he beats these old men. He's You know, he's playing 70 year olds and he's like a world class player, you know, and it, it, it's just stupid. So, you know, that's the kind of edge you got to look for when you're a gambler.
2: There it is. So yeah, that, that's that's my bookie AG. We've been talking about it for a while. Uh, game spreads, championship futures, player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. All you have to do is sign up at mybookie.ag, and when you do, we've been talking about this for months. And if you haven't done this yet, you're still stupid. You need to do this right now. Use promo code VOW to claim a deposit match, dollar for dollar, all the way up to a thousand dollars. So Joe, if I deposit five hundred dollars in mybookie.ag. And use promo code VOW. How much am I getting from them?
0: Uh, they will give you five hundred dollars. They're gonna give me five
2: hundred dollars. Why are they doing that? That's correct. Why?
0: Uh, don't ask questions. Just take the money, man.
2: If I put a thousand dollars, they're gonna they're they're literally just gonna give me a thousand dollars.
0: They're literally gonna give you a thousand dollars. It's real money that you can gamble with today.
2: Seems silly, but hey, you know, they're doing it. Promo code VOW, it's a bonus, they say, to design, to give you a little help and a little head start on your winning season. So that's promo code VOW to claim your bonus when you make your first deposit. UFC cards, prop bets for the Olympics or the the presidential thing. There's no Olympics. Don't do any Olympic bets yet. That's going to be a little while. But uh, NFL, college football, golf, tennis, all that sort of stuff going on, all the major sports and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at mybookie.ag. Again, promo code VOW. Uh, to get that deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000. MyBookie.ag, promo code V-O-W. All right, let's talk about New Japan. Do we have to? It stinks. It's terrible. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> like I was I – was, I, I, from the moment we started this show, all those years oh. ago, those many, many years ago, the constant yeah. on the show was that New Japan fucking rocked. Yeah. The reason we started the show is you kept bothering me and pestering me to watch Satoshi Kojima versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, and I eventually did. And I said, "Joe, that ruled." I want to watch more stuff, and you said, "I have more to give you, more to get." And then that's that is why the show exists. It was because you pestering me for months about Kojima versus Tanahashi.
0: It's funny that you bring up that match specifically, because I shit you not, Rich. A couple days ago, I went back and I watched Kojima win the 2010 G1 final against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. great match.
0: I watched Kojima um, Tanahashi from Wrestle Kingdom 5, where Tanahashi wins the title. And we always talk about that as sort of the turning of the page into the new era of New Japan. Um, and then I watched a match I haven't seen in probably 10 years, the rematch at New Beginning where Tanahashi defends against Kojima. And that match fucking ruled too. And it's like, I'm watching these matches and I'm enjoying them and I'm just thinking, man, you you cannot believe just the tone, the difference in tone between that era of 2010, 2011, New Japan, probably through to about 2014 or so. Because I watched, you know, I went through and cherry-picked matches from the first few years of what I call, you know, the Okada era, the difference in tone between that and what we're seeing this year, which is why I say we're in a new era now. Yeah. And I really don't think it's the COVID or the clap crowds. It's just, it's a different company now. And the difference in tone between matches like that and power struggle, it's just seismic difference. It's just so much different. And it's, you know, I, I implore people, to go back and watch stuff from, say, 2011 to 2014, and then compare that to what we've seen over the summer and in New Japan Cup. And well, maybe not that because there were no crowds at all, but what we saw a power struggle. It's just a different company now, man. And it's not one that I particularly like very much. And we talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about being in this new era, you know, with all the old storylines of the previous era put behind us. With Naito, Okada, and Tanahashi, and we're moving into this new, new period. I really think there's a difference in the way that the matches are being worked too. It's a different style of work, and you may not notice if you've just been a fan all along and you're watching. It's kind of like, you know, uh, Brittany and I were looking at videos of the kids from. I mean, they're still only four, three and four years old, but we were looking at videos from like just two years ago of them, and blown away by how much grown how much they've grown and how different they are from just two years ago but you don't notice when you just live with them every day it's the same thing here like you you may not notice how how much new japan has changed until you go back and watch that stuff and how it was presented and how it came across and the tone of everything and it's just a totally different company now, and it really hit me upside the head watching some of that old stuff. And we didn't plan this; I didn't know you were going to bring up Kojima Tanahashi. But it's funny because those are the three matches that I started my little, you know, rewatch with. And it's just not the same anymore. It's just a different company, and to me, for the worse.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, watching old New Japan is is <laughs> it makes it really tough. Like I obviously went through and, and, and did the G one series for Patreon, and now I'm working my way through you know some some best of the Super Juniors, and I, that's kind of what's made me so grumpy as well. Is you know I, I watched a lot of the recent G ones. I watched you know going back to Okada versus Nakamura from uh, uh, I think 2013 or whatever, watching you know Naito versus Omega from 2016, and and just these different um, you know just in, incredible. G one main events and and like you said, it's just the tone. It's just totally, completely different. And it's it, it's it's everything that we always wanted and everything that we always complained about. And and we got a company gave us what we wanted. That that is why the show is what it is. That's why the show still exists today because New Japan was what it was. And 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 to a lesser extent, like you know, we we talked about a little bit earlier. NXT was always that 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 you know, safety blank, you know, safety, whatever you want to say, uh, the, the, the whatever, you know, it was always the thing that we could yeah. fall back on is NXT and new Japan was always good. Like as, as, as long as the shows existed, those two companies have been there for us and we've been able to watch them and how they're just so drastically different. And, and that's fine. Like the show's not going away. Like I'm not going to stop doing this show because new Japan stinks now, but like, I, I, I think it, it, this power struggle show gave me that moment and we're going to talk about the Wrestle kingdom booking as well. And and what's building up on Wrestle kingdom. It's just for the first time in this entire show's existence, I'm like, Exactly like you I'm like I don't really want to watch New Japan like I kind of feel like we have to you know we have to write this book cuz it's what we do and we have to talk about New Japan cuz it's what we do but I've never been less interested in this company than I am right now it's just not a comp- it, it, it's just not what I want out of a wrestling company and and, and that's you know that's fine like if that's what if this is the direction they're going to go that's cool cuz you know in, in the in the history that we've been doing this show promotions have come and gone promotions have have been good and been bad and we've liked them and hated them and, and and loved them. and, And now we don't talk about them or did talk like they come and go. Ring of Honor used to be a staple of the show. We don't really talk about Ring of Honor that much anymore. You and I still kind of watch it. Impact used to be a staple of the show. You and I barely watch it anymore. You know, Russell 1, we used to watch a ton of. And then we stopped watching it and we moved on or whatever. That happens. Like, Noah, we ebb and flow. With All Japan, we ebb and flow. That's what we do. On the show now, we, we do that. We'll ebb and flow with the promotion and the things that we're excited about and the things we like, we'll talk about and we'll, we'll, we'll discuss and we'll preview and we'll get excited about. But the stuff that sucks, like, we're, we have no problem kind of letting go. And it's, it's I, I'm hoping... And I keep hoping that New Japan isn't going to be this forever, but the more that it happens, and the more that like you bring up this new era thing, and when when you brought that up a few weeks ago, it did hit me pretty he- over the head. Like, oh shit, you're absolutely right. This 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 is not the New Japan that we knew a year ago, or, or or a couple years ago. This is not the New Japan that we knew at the beginning of this decade. That's not the New Japan that we knew at, at you know twenty years ago either. I mean, it's just a completely different company right now, and 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 the style that they're booking. It's just not – I don't love it. And and the matches, like we're going to talk about Power Struggle. I thought the matches were fine, but when when top-down, you, you, you there's this malaise over everything. I don't even care. Like yeah. if We're going to talk about Shingo and Minoru Suzuki, Joe. I have no thoughts about Shingo and Minoru Suzuki. I have nothing for you. I looked at it, and I said, what am I going to talk about? I don't even know. I got nothing well, on that match. <laughs> like
0: When a promotion is poorly booked or booked in a way that you're not enthusiastic about – It it sucks some of your investment out of the matches because you're not concerned with where things go. You're not excited about how matches end. Right. Because do you remember when um, AJ Styles won the title from Okada thanks to interference from Yujiro? And that was the Yujiro turn.
2: Yeah, right. Oh, we almost I stopped. We almost was... stopped watching New Japan forever. <laughs> I remember that show, and we were we were just incensed that they would have a run in on a main event for a yeah. title. We couldn't believe it. We were like, What are they doing, Gato? You've lost it. You have yeah. no idea what you're doing anymore. Don't I think our, I, I think it was actually I think it got quoted and it used to be a big deal. It was like you were just screaming, I don't want this WWE bullshit in my New Japan or yeah. whatever. Like
0: that's yeah, we, we went we we went ape shit on that and it really We thought about just hand waving it then, and it's like we'll give it, you know. Well, we'll, let's see what happens. And it was because the idea of the idea of New Japan doing a run in finish on an IWGP title match—it's like it was disturbing to us, and it really bothered us. And it—it's this was, you know, a company where you could largely get away from that stuff, not entirely. And look, New Japan during this, during even during that great eight year run was never some clean finish promotion. That's not what we're saying. There was always some element of, of Western influence. We know that's how Gato books. Cause that's what he liked. But lately it's just been completely out of control. Every single main event in this company is a shenanigans filled pile of shit and I'm over it and I'm tired of it. And Maybe, maybe Evil being out of the main event picture for a while will, cur- will curb it a bit, but I'm not entirely confident. And they just introduced a new heel stable, which I'm excited about Empire, but as soon as they become another cheating stable, all of my enthusiasm will be sucked out of it and I won't care anymore. And I have a feeling that's what they're going to be eventually when they really get rolling with full membership and everything. It's just too much. Even last year's G1 final was, was all of that shit with Ibushi and Jay White. and It's like the match was great and it worked out. But when it's constant and over and over and the same shit over and over again, I I, I really can't understand the mind of anyone who still says, oh, wow, I can't wait for this evil match. It's the same match every single time. How can anyone enjoy it? I mean, I know I can't. I'm just so fucking sick of it. And, you know, now with this double dome, look, I get it. Business necessitates it. If you could fill it twice, you do it. But it is now two years in a row. We weren't thrilled about last year's. No,
2: no. I I see a lot of people saying, oh, well, what'd you say about last year? It's like, bro, listen to the show last year. We fucking ate it. We were on an island. We were on the island last year of calling it WWE bullshit. and, and, And a lot of people got mad at us for saying that. And a lot of people come to our side this year.
0: And here, here we go again, and it's like they, they they, back themselves into a corner where you have to come up with main events for these two shows, and and they've completely – I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I mean they've completely bastardized the G1. No, and,
2: no they have. No, for sure. And, I, and, I like It's going to take – I don't know if it's like no one's going to care about the G1 ever, but I mean I, I personally am going to care a lot less about I, the G1. I,
0: I tell you right now, I care a lot – I'm going to care a lot less about who wins next year's G1. Because at this – because now with these two domes and what they've done this year and to a lesser extent last year as well, is they've told you is that it doesn't matter anymore. The guy lost the briefcase a month later and he's still in the main event anyway. Why should – that is a dangerous ground to walk on mm-hmm. because now you, you're telling me I shouldn't have to care who – and I do not care. I'm telling you right now. I don't care who wins the G1 next year because you've told me it does not matter. Because you can just do some kind of, you know, Western style wrestling booking to get your way out of it, and just you know, and and to 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 do whatever you need to do, to do the two dome main event, and 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 I'm not—I personally don't like that. I can get that with WWE. So, you know, I you know, you're no different to me when you start doing things like that. On top of the fact that every main event you do now. Is loaded with interference and run ins, and I, I I don't want that. Especially I especially don't want that in my new Japan, where we had eight years where it wasn't nearly as you know. Again, this was never a clean, finished promotion. Far from it. But you can tolerate it, and we complained about it at times when it got out of hand rich you said you retired at a bull club in 2013
2: yeah or whatever it was it was 13 or 14 Half for sure that I was now. done with it yeah
0: so it's like you know it, this isn't a new complaint from our end but now it's just completely overrun the company and it's just you know the thing about new Japan right now uh, this year it's just not enjoyable to watch no it's,
2: it's really just not. it's a chore I, I this power struggle was an absolute chore to get through I I didn't enjoy any part of it. I just said, I have to do this because this is the podcast. So let's go, let's just do it.
0: I'm watching so much of this because uh, it's like my job as opposed to being enthusiastic about watching it, which has been the case for the last eight years. But man, I felt it rich. I felt it on January 5th. I just felt like that was the end and nothing lasts forever. And eight years is a long time in wrestling. And it didn't just happen overnight on January 5th. It was gradual mm-hmm. to get to this point. Because, you go, like I said, you go back and watch. You see the drastic difference in tone. But we didn't notice because we were living it. And this year it's become just very noticeable. Because the evil thing, I know that's everybody's lightning rod, but for good reason. Because evil fucking sucks. Everything about evil sucks, with the exception of his theme song. His entrance theme is great. Yeah, it's all
2: fantastic, yeah.
0: Um, but that's kind of the lightning rod, but I'm watching it. I'm watching Leon Ruff, quote-unquote, beat Johnny Gargano on an <laughs> <empty every laughs> I mean, that could have been cool if Ruff, like, beat him, beat him.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was bullshit, yeah.
0: But I'm watching this, and it's like it's a banana peel thing, Um, which, again, as we know, history tells us, does not make stars. Banana peel wins do not make stars, Right. Ruff goes in there and beats him. Yeah, it's a different story, but I don't want to get derailed. Um, Yeah, so Power Struggle had good wrestling, but it wasn't any kind of great show. And the booking just takes it down another notch. And when you don't have confidence in the booking, it makes it harder for the matches to be great because you lose investment in them.
2: Yeah, right, right.
0: And, And a big part in thinking wrestling is great is being invested in it. So that's a big problem too.
2: And one thing I wanted to bring up when you, when you talked about the, you know, the air is kind of changing and things changing and the changing of the guard in New Japan. And one thing that's been pretty obvious to me, and I, I started doing a little bit more research uh, on it because I it, my intuition kind of was like, yeah, it feels like uh, at least for this website – You know when we used to talk New Japan, when we would review New Japan, when not only this podcast, the website in general, when we do previews and reviews and 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 pickums and all those sort of things, that was what drove this this website. This website was driven by New Japan Pro Wrestling. That we were we started out being one of the only people actually covering it extensively, and then everybody started covering it extensively, but it didn't like we didn't lose anything when everybody started covering it. Just more people started enjoying New Japan for Wrestling. Like, our numbers continued to go up. They never fell. They were always going up, always going up, even when every single other website in the world was also covering New Japan. What happened, though, in the really, it's the last year. It it is 2020, and it's a little bit of the last half of 2019. It doesn't drive the numbers like it used to. The podcast numbers, when we used to do a, we're going to cover New Japan for Wrestling, it'd be the lead topic of the show, it would almost always do well. It was Sasha Banks, a big New Japan show and, and WWE would always lead this show. And now it doesn't really matter that much. It's about the same, you know, give or take. You know, some shows peak a little bit higher than, than others, but for the most part, it doesn't really drive huge business. And, and and we look at, you know, I look at our previews and our reviews, and those numbers have plummeted from where they were two, three, four years ago. And
0: more and this people. Is, and this is, now hold on now. Is this COVID adjusted?
2: That's COVID adjusted, like, yeah. Well, the rest of the like, numbers aren't down. Like, the rest of the numbers are fine.
0: Right, that's what I'm saying. So in comparison to everything else, so just so people understand that this is apples to apples, you're not yeah. just... oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: The percentages of, like, New Japan right. things used to be, like, the on always the high end of the website and the highest percentages of, of, of website traffic or whatever, and they just aren't now. And, I, again, I don't know if that's, you know, chicken or the egg. I don't know if it's because we don't, but we cover just as much as we used to. There's, we don't we do, do anything yeah. different than we did three years ago. We cover it the same way. No, we run we the Pick'Em not, every not. single year. Our Pick'Em had 250 less people this year than it did a few years ago. Yeah. And, like, I promote the hell out of that thing. I, I go every channel that we could possibly go on. Like, we get a ton. We, we get a lot of people. But, yeah, the, the book sales have gone went down last year from where they were the year prior in the two years yeah. prior or whatever. And again, yeah. it's not like this website's struggling. Like we're doing better than ever. Like, you know, between this podcast, more people listen to this podcast than ever. More people listen to all of our podcasts, more people are going to our website, people subscribe to our Patreon. Like, our it's not like, oh, well, voices wrestling is plummeting and that's why I've, No, everything else is doing okay. AEW is a fucking that that has exploded. That that if we talk AEW, that does well. That does incredibly well yeah. for everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's for just, sure.
2: Yeah. New Japan doesn't. It just doesn't drive the business that it used to to this website. It's just there's less people are interested in it too. It's not just you and I. There's a malaise in general.
0: No, Dave Meltzer talks about this too with his business. He's just there's just less interest in general in New Japan, and some of that's losing access too. Access TV, absolutely, um, absolutely. That that people always down the hardcore New Japan fan always downplayed that because it was old matches that they had seen already. But there were a lot of casual fans who watched that, and that's how they followed New Japan. Um, so that's a big factor, and you know, COVID is absolutely a fact. I mean, there's a lot of people who just can't get into any COVID-era wrestling. That you know, that's a fact. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and then also, it just fucking stinks this year. They're having a terrible year, um, and I think a lot of it is this blunt transition into what they're going to be moving forward, and 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 it's it's not what people want, at least Western fans, out of New Japan. We don't know about the native Japanese fans because we haven't been able to see shows with full ticket sales yet. I, I don't know about you, Rich. We do the show together. We haven't talked about attendance during the pandemic era at all. When I do stuff on my own behind the paywall, I never talk about attendance. I don't know about you when you do your own stuff behind the paywall. I think it's utterly and completely pointless to talk about attendance in any way she or performed for any promotion on Earth during COVID. Oh, yeah,
2: 100%. I agree. I don't
0: don't care if they're selling out half tickets. I don't care if they're not selling out half tickets. I don't care how many tickets AEW is selling to that little building in Jackson. It's pointless to me until COVID is over and life is back to normal. I don't give a shit about – any sort of uh, attendance or ticket sales for any promotion anywhere it means nothing to me, because just because New Japan could sell X amount of tickets in Jingu, how do I know that's all they weren't going to sell anyway? We have no way of knowing. You know, what I mean? so I don't even bother trying to analyze it. So, you know, my point here is we don't know what the ticket buying public thinks of New Japan's year. We can't say that they. We can't assume they that they would hate it. We can't assume that it wouldn't be that it would be a, a rousing success. All we can go on are these clap crowds and people going, "Oh well, I think they clapped harder for this match." You don't know shit, okay? I don't want to hear that. It, it means you can't analyze any of it. So I don't know how this is getting over with anyone because there's no way of telling. But I can tell you that in the West, New Japan is far less popular. Yeah, it is. And you can try to identify why. I don't think you know, what we've seen since they've returned has helped at all. It's really since the return that's really truly gone. It's that evil t- New Japan Cup win and title win. It's all gone in the shitter. Which is why I say maybe getting evil out of the mix will kind of return to normalcy a bit. But then you get this convoluted booking going into the dome. And that has people kind of just rolling their eyes. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a hard company to be enthusiastic about. Rich, I had to wait about thirteen nights, thirteen nights into the G one, to do my get into it bit. When have I ever had to wait thirteen nights? Yeah, you're
2: usually night night three at the absolute latest for your get into it. Night
0: night one, motherfucker! What do you
2: mean? (laughs) Now sometimes, sometimes you got to wait at least till night three, but
0: yeah, but it's like I had to wait like thirteen nights to do that bit. And then I had to force it. <laughs> it didn't even, you know, like because people wait for it, you know. And it's like, and yes, some of that's the clap crowds. But my God, the the B block at G one, Rich. I know people pretend it was good, but I mean, come on, it. It that's another. It's tra- that, yeah. another example of how how this company has fallen, where people have to twist themselves into a pretzel to defend shitty G one blocks. Oh, it was a different style of wrestling. And no, it just sucked. It just wasn't good. Okay, we need to come to terms with it. There's a problem here. The booking is not good. The the style – it's the tone and the style more than even that. That's just struggling. And then it sucks your investment out of everything. So I don't know. Power Struggle, after I got done watching it, I thought "Ah, it was a pretty good show. I just hated the booking. But then over the course of the week, I watched all this older New Japan and I watched these other promotions – I watched a Noah show today that I loved, and then I'm like, no, I fucking hated Power Struggle. <laughs>
2: yeah, right, it sucked. It was garbage.
0: Because there's other shit that you – you know, it's like I watch Full Gear and all this. Stuff. It's like, no, I actually didn't like Power Struggle, even though the wrestling was okay, so – I guess we gotta review this thing and explain why we're so down on. New Japan.
2: I guess, yeah, it, it's it's not gonna be a good review, man. I
0: have like, I mean, this was way better than that three straight shows over the summer that I thought were actively not good at all. the The New Japan Cup final, um, not Jingu was okay. The three before that, um, whatever they were, yeah, yeah. I no. thought that I thought that was the worst three three show run that New Japan has had since I don't, just, God, you'd have to go to like two thousand nine, <laughs> right you have to go like to 09. And how about this for a, you want a hot take rich? Let's go. I've been thinking I've been thinking about this one all day. I am familiar with pretty much every year of new Japan history and also I'm watching all this stuff as you know. I started with 1980 and I'm like in 85 now. Rewatching all this stuff. I've been on top of it since like oh fucking the end of the Enokiism shit. The only there's only a few years of new Japan where I really just tossed my hands at the Enokiism stuff and couldn't fucking keep up with it that I'm not intimately familiar with. So we'll leave those out. Outside of those two or three years where I just totally gave up because it sucked, 2020 is the worst year New Japan has ever had. How about that? Yeah. Is that a hot take or are you just going to
2: – I don't know how – yeah, I mean I would say the two matches at Wrestle Kingdom – I thought the, the the big main events here your, your your Naito and Okada and then your Okada Ibushi matches. I mean those were tremendous matches, like incredible, incredible matches. I think that puts the year pretty high up. But you're absolutely right in the fact that from that point forward, we're really grasping at like there's a few matches that I've liked, but by and large, no, I, I it is it has not reached the highest of the highs. And 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 the stuff you know, it, it's not only just the great matches. It's also like kind of your ancillary matches, your tournament finals, your tournament matches, all that sort of stuff. And New Japan has been great. I mean, you go back and and, and you're watching a lot of it. I'm watching a lot of it for the Patreon. I'm, I'm doing the best of the Super Juniors. I did the G1. I do that sort of stuff. And I, you know, I I, I often will go on New Japan World and just click around and, and find random stuff. It you'd be hard-pressed to find another year that, that that has so few just I I don't know exactly the right way to put it, but there's just no. There's just no emotional connection with 2020 whatsoever. The, 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 the style of the year, the big matches of the year, outside of the two dome matches. And, and, and we always talk about that. We, I, I honestly always I, I always add the Tokyo Dome matches to the year prior. Because I think it, it, it definitely sets the stage, not for the year to come. That's like the day after. You know, the January 5th, the January 6th. The, the shows after, I think, really set the stage. The New Year Dash or whatever. Those will set the stage for the next year. After that, but I really, I always think of the Wrestle Kingdom stuff as the year prior. So to me, like the Wrestle Kingdom matches this year, they represent the end of 2019 for me. I think you, you, you kind of agree as well, right? Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. I I think they definitely do. So (laughs) regardless, Um, I don't know, man. It's the worst ever. Is tough to say. The worst ever is tough to say. I'd, I'd really have to go back and watch some of those, you know, Enokiism ones. But I think you're, you're, you're on the right track for sure. You're, you're definitely on the right track with that, which is is pretty sad uh, to think that, that that's how this year has gone. So hopefully, uh, hopefully after Wrestle Kingdom, after January fourth and January fifth, we put 2020 in our in our rear view and see something new with, with with 2021. So, are you back, Joe? I believe you're on mute. Joe has left the building. was gone he's possibly pissing <laughs> so we'll let, him, we'll let him do whatever he's gonna do here I have nothing more to say about Japan in 2020 dude Japan for wrestling in 2020 so Joe better come back pretty soon <laughs> uh all right well you know what I'll I'll cover power struggle I'll cover power struggle a little bit we'll wait for Joe to come back from whatever he's doing or wherever he's gone so hello yay there you are I was not on mute well, nobody could hear you if you were talking
0: yeah, I mean, you were getting uh, you were getting frustrated because I wasn't responding to your questions, but I was talking, and I thought you were just talking over me.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, like, I didn't hear you at all. Yeah, so funny. you were
0: like, you were like, I thought I got like, you set what?
2: up perfectly, and then you just didn't do anything. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever, fuck you. I'll just yeah, keep no, going on. <laughs> you were no,
0: you you go, you go. I think that the Wrestle Kingdom shows really belong to the year before. Don't you agree? And then I w- and then I was like, yeah, I agree. And you were like, ah, you know what? Like, whatever. And I'm like. <laughs> And then I said, and then I said, wait a minute. I agree. I'm like, I Stop agree. Stop yelling
2: at me. I agree. Yes.
0: And then I started getting mad because I thought you were being rude. I was like, I was like, dude, I fucking agree with you. And then you were like, I don't think Joe's there. And I'm like, oh, well, this makes sense now. I'm cursing <laughs> at him, but he can't hear. It got contentious there because I thought you were like mad at me. I'm like, I'm agreeing with you, dude. It's
2: <laughs> but, but, uh, fine. Yes, Rich. The Wrestle Kingdom is the prior year. I know. It's fine. Look,
0: yeah. and then you were, And then you were like you got mad because you thought i wasn't talking and you were like oh whatever that's what i think and i'm like <laughs> i'm like i uh, fucking agree i'm like i agree asshole and you're like still talking i'm, I'm like what's going on here wow yeah, so dude bad
2: being bad is, as, as as fractured this website and fractured this podcast it's it's
0: i'm like real dave and brian hours here with them getting mad at each other every day on the fucking observer i'm like what is that what's happening here but um Anyway, this has been a weird show. You were muted early uh, in the first five minutes. You can't Ghosts. hear.
2: Yeah, I don't know what's going on
0: here. You couldn't hear me. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. But um, I guess we should just transition into the review of the actual show.
2: All right. So let's start at the top. Naito defeats evil. Eight guys run in. Dick Togo. <laughs> <laughs> 33 minutes of my life that I'm never getting back. The rest of it mean... is fine, but I don't. I don't care. You know what I mean? And that's the problem. <laughs> Yeah, it, the problem
0: is it's hard to care. Yeah,
2: yeah and and that's like I, I I you know I hear that defense a lot. Well, the you know well you know the wrestling in this match was good. Or the wrestling, yeah, it does but it doesn't fucking matter if after thirty minutes it's just a cavalcade and a parade of fucking guys running in. I don't give a shit what the other thirty minutes were. I I lose it. The only thing I remember is a bunch of fucking dudes running in. That, and that's the problem. That's the old WCW thing, where at Nitro, everybody would stand up and look to the entranceway. Like, okay, who's coming out? And the match didn't matter. People knew the match didn't matter. And that's what the, I, like, the work is fine, I think. I don't know. I just, it, it takes me out of it. I don't give a shit. I don't remember any of the work, because it's all negated when there's just fucking 20 guys running in. So, I don't know. It's fine, I guess.
0: I, I'll say this. It's not even really the match quality this year. And this is a good example. It's the tone. Yeah, the match quality is fine. It's been
2: good. The match quality has been pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been like off the charts. But, you know, I still have more New Japan notebook matches than any other company. I mean, it's not like they're not having great matches out there. They are. Um, It's just the tone of everything. And like you're saying, this match, I'll say some positive things since we've really been hard on New Japan so far in this segment. I thought this was the most well-worked Naito evil match yet. Out of the four. I thought this was the best. Bell to bell wrestling. That these two guys have done. Because I thought at least two of their matches. Were legitimately bad wrestling matches.
2: Yeah, this was not th- that. This wasn't bad.
0: No they were good. I mean they've had matches that I thought the wrestling was bad. And you know. They were not on the same page. And it just was sloppy. And then you have Togo. And, and it's just. It's a fucking two star match at that point. This one I thought the wrestling was good. But again. This parade of run. It all started. He hits the two Destinos. And Togo pulls the ref out at the two count. My most hated spot in wrestling. And then it all begins. The Gourot Wire. Yujiro. Then Jay White. And that whole thing. And then Ibushi runs off Jay White. And Rich, you want to know what one of the biggest problems are? One of the biggest problems with New Japan. Is because they don't do backstage segments. Or they don't do like promos or things like that in front of the fans they have to do all of their angles inside the ring between the bells and that means when you have to set up a convoluted Wrestle Kingdom two-night thing you got to shoot a million angles in your main event match to tell that story because when else can you tell that story the way that the company is structured do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, with no, that? for sure.
2: Yeah, it all has to be done in the ring, which, which for some things is a positive. Sometimes that's a po- I yes. like that idea, but when you make convoluted bullshit stories and, and, and stuff like that, then you have convoluted bullshit things that happen in the ring instead.
0: Correct. Because they're like, okay, we have to get to explaining why Abushi is going to wrestle Naito and then why Jay White's going to wrestle the winner. So we have to have Abushi and Jay White get involved in that match and set up that story. We have to have Jay White get involved and then we have to have Abushi save Naito so that Naito can say he appreciates Bushi and he's going to give him a title shot and why Jay White can be a heel and say I'm not wrestling anybody until I – so you have to do all that in the ring and then it kills your matches. And again, I'll be fair and say something positive. The crowd ate all of this up or seemingly ate all of it up. They were gasping. They seemed to be into this. Well, this is a crowd that doesn't like the same things in wrestling that I like because I was exhausted by the end of this. It's like – and not exhausted, exhausted in – mentally exhausted in just the overbooked fucking mess that this was. And this is an IWGP title match by the way. we become so numb to the idea that IWGP title matches can be this that we kind of lose sight of that now. We lost our shit over AJ Styles and Okada because Yujiro ran in. Now this is every match.
2: Right. (laughs) Prince Devitt turned heel. Prince Devitt was the most hated heel in this company because he put his foot on the rope sometimes. Because he would slap a guy when the referee wasn't looking. Because he, you know what I mean? Like that, that's the way that the Bullet Club was formed was Prince Devitt slowly using semi nefarious means. To turn heel, And the crowd lost their minds because this asshole dared to use the ropes and hold onto the ropes or sometimes have a buddy come out and help him. That, that was what the Bullet Club was based off. That this motherfucker yeah. would sometimes cheat in his matches. And that was the problem is they knew he was good. Why are you cheating? Why are you doing this when you're as good as you are? When you're Prince Devin, you've won all these things. Why are you resorting to this? That was the heat.
0: That's why I'm saying it's been a slow crawl to this. Yeah. Could you imagine an IWGP match like this one in fucking, you don't even have to go back to 1990, Rich, 2012, right? 2014. I mean, it's, it's absurd. Yeah, it's like
2: Hiroshi Tenzan running in and fucking dropping you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi in the middle of the ring and the Kojima turning around and going, oh, I can pin him now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just unfathomable. He's like, no, fuck you. I'm doing this because I'm better than this guy and I'm going to prove that I'm better than this motherfucker. So he goes in the ring and he beats the motherfucker in the middle of the ring
0: but this is what they are now and yeah. it's it's like we we you know red shoes gets yanked out of the ring and we just accept that he's unconscious for 8 minutes <laughs> right. or to take it a step further rich a lot of this shit happens right in front of them
2: yeah yeah they, they they've even they've even done a, a worse job of even protecting that. It's just like, something happened and it just goes, hey, get out of here, you know, get out of the ring, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah. It, it, it sucks.
0: It's just, the referees are completely, uh, have been completely emasculated. It, nothing matters, it's just whatever it takes to tell your story. And, you know, because they have to do things like run two domes, the stories have to get more convoluted. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have to, but
2: they choose to they do They choose, that. yeah, yeah. That, that's that's another, I... I Always, always, always want to preface this, and I've always, from the beginning of this show, that you never have to do a thing in pro wrestling. You book this, you create your stories, you create the winners and losers, you create everything. This is your universe, you can do whatever you want in that universe. You are never, ever forced to do anything. Ever. Yeah. And I hate when, well, they have, no, you don't have to do anything in pro wrestling. You can choose to do that, you can put yourself in a position where that's all you can do, but you don't have to do anything in pro wrestling.
0: And, you know, in some ways it's not even – it's not logical. I get the idea of Bushy running off Jay White and then looking over his shoulder at Naito as to say, you got to pay that back, right? I get it. Sure. And I get the idea of Jay White's character. I'm not saying that their booking has become illogical, right? But I'm I'm also not saying that I have to like it. You know, it's like – Something can make sense and still suck. And it's like, sometimes our bar is so low for wrestling that all we want is for it to make sense. But it also has to be good. It has to make sense and also be good. And, wow, Jake Atlas just ate it on that tope. He caught his foot on the rope. <laughs> Oof. Oh, can I slip in something else real
2: quick? Sure. yeah. Had- Joe watches yesterday's NXT live on the flagship. Yes, go ahead.
0: When Leon Ruff was celebrating with Punishment Martinez up on the – or uh, whatever his name is. Damien um,
2: Priest, yes.
0: He's celebrating up on the stage and taunting Gargano. He put the, the North American title on, and because he's so skinny, it slipped down his waist down to his ankles. And he looked at Punishment Martinez, and Martinez looked at him, and they had like the shocked face from Home Alone at each other. Like, oh, I'm too skinny to hold up the title on my waist. That's what NXT has
2: become yep. now, Rich. Mm-hmm. Just total goofy fucking bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Damien Priest, who had that title a month, like three weeks ago, is just perfectly content with this other guy having the title now. Should yeah, turn around and decked him. Should fucking throw his lariat this guy's head off and say, "Next week, you got to face me. I'm going to beat your ass for this title."
0: Like, ah, oh, you silly skinny bastard. That's funny that you're not even big enough—a uh, big enough human to support this title that you just won.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Dave David Bryan on, on 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 observer said that this is the first joke NXT champion. The first like and, and that's yeah. not to say that Lan Ruff can't be... Lan I mean, Ruff's super talented, but right now he's a joke. You know, and, and like actively a joke. Oh, yeah. Like a minute after the show or the minute after his match, he walks to the you know, the entranceway and he's a joke. He's literally the butt of a joke. But yeah. this is the first time that they've done that. WWE has done that many, many years down the line. They've done jokes. For oh yeah. Them. But this is the first NXT champion that you could really point to of this guy's a joke. A joke champion, it's, it's pretty wild that we're there, but we are.
0: I, I couldn't believe watching it play out how bad it was, how truly bad it was. Um, anyway, with this uh, New Japan shit, it's like I, I could see where the story makes sense, but that doesn't mean the story is good. That's all I'm trying to say with that. Um, there's no reason that Abushi and Naito should be wrestling on the first night. Why is Abushi getting the first crack at these titles when he lost the briefcase? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just and, and that's what we're talking about. It's yeah. just not
2: I, it, like the, the thing is with the double dome. And this is something we you go back and listen to the 2015 voice wrestling flash. And we said, why don't they run two domes? They can run two domes and they can make yeah. it work. And we yeah. said that they could make it work because they made the IC title the the second most important, a 1B to the 1A of the IWGP heavyweight title. Because of Shinsuke Nakamura, because of many others, made that title mean so much that you realistically could say, this thing should main event a Wrestle Kingdom night. And it did rest, <laughs> main event a Wrestle Kingdom night because the fans said that's the match we want to watch. We don't care that the IWGP title yeah. is being yeah. defended by two other guys. We want to watch. Two big stars defend their title regardless of what the hell the title is. And it was the Intercontinental title. And from that point forward, that IC title was made. So you have the out right there. And I still think you do as well. I still think, honestly, I have no issue, zero issue, if Naito says, Hey, pal, thanks for coming and helping me out. You want a shot at this IC title? You can have a shot at this IC title. That's fine. I want to work both nights because I'm a a fighting champion. Abushi, you lost the briefcase, so you can't have the world title. You can't have the IWGP heavyweight title. You can't have a shot at it. But you, if you want my IC title, let's do it. Let's do it on January 4th. I want to have a great match against you. I have no issue with that. It's a okay. little convoluted, but I have no issue with it.
0: Well, why is Naito making that decision? The company should say, no, <laughs> no motherfucker. You lost the briefcase. You're not getting a IWGP. You don't get, get shit, yeah. <laughs> you don't get anything. Okay? It's like, you know, it, it's, it's as simple as that, really. And yet, we were ahead of the curve with the two-dome thing by years, by many years. You want to know the worst take I've been seeing consistently since all of this has gone down? And it's like a lot of people have this take. I see so many people saying, ah, they should just get rid of the Eric Connell title. Stupid anyone. It's such a mind-numbingly stupid take. The problem is not the existence of that title. The problem is how they booked that title into oblivion. Because as Rich just pointed out, that title was extremely valuable before Tetsuya Naito and Kazuchika Okada both took giant diarrhea shits on it and told you it wasn't important. And then when they inexplicably combined them and then never split them up again. Because that would solve this double dome problem in an instant. To have that title split back up, treated the way it used to be treated, and it could headline a show on its own because we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen. There's evidence. And, the, and these people are going, ah, get rid of the IC title. Get rid of the U.S. title. Get rid of all these – dummies, did you not pay attention for eight years? Every time they created one of these titles, they treated it with respect, elevated it, and every one of them, right down to the never, was able to headline shows and draw money. Why are you advocating to get rid of them? Those were solutions to problems. They helped growth. They didn't impede growth. As the company grew, you needed new titles to headline shows, and it always worked.
2: Right, we we talked about how big of a risk it was that they were going to split these shows back back whenever they did those. They were going to do two, you know, new beginning, two new beginnings, and two this and two that, and what they were going to do is. We have elevated the Intercontinental title. We always forget this, too. They elevated the Never title to where the Never title was main eventing shows. They could yes. realistically, at a certain point, run three different co- tours with three different main events with these titles. With the Never title, the IC title, and the IWGP title. They were at that point years ago. They tried to get there with the U.S. title. It obviously didn't work, but they main evented some matches with the U.S. title as well as some shows with the U.S. title. They were at a point where they had four fucking titles that they could main event with. And now they barely have one. <laughs> It's, what did you do?
0: The solution was as soon as Naito won the double the double titles, which is an incredible accomplishment. It's, it's something that Okada will probably never do, and it's the thing that Naito has over Okada, right? He should have given up the IC, and not because he didn't care about it, because he accomplished what he – because remember, he said, I want to win both titles. He came around on the IC. Once he won them both, that story was over. He should have abandoned that one. He should have given that one back to the company. And said, I set out what I accomplished to do, and they should have put that title back in the rotation. And they wouldn't be in the mess that they're in now if they had done that. Provided they had a strong Intercontinental Champion coming into this show. But they did this to themselves. Mm -hmm. I have no idea why it's still a double title. There's no reason for it to be a double title. And there's no reason to get rid of the IC. Bullshit! Split it up and build it back up again. All the, all the work Nakamura did that you undid. All the work that Naito and Ibushi did two years ago that you undid. With all those great matches. That's the problem, not that it exists. That's so short-sighted. You know, and it would have solved all of their issues this year. With the Double Dome and moving forward, since apparently that's what they're, it's going to be. So, you know, I, I, look, I get it. Growth necessitates... It makes it harder, the book, and you do have to cut corners. I get it. But th- this is just – it's bad. It, you know, once, once you tell me that – once you shit on my investment, like they have shit on my investment of the G1, like they have shit in my investment of briefcase defenses, then that's where you start to lose me. And that's a dangerous game to play. Once, because look, look WWE and what they have done. And why they have lost all their viewers. Because no one believes in anything anymore. And that, that's, you know, you think I'm being dramatic, but that's what's happening here. You can't keep doing shit like this. And, and burning people's trust in these tournaments and these matches. Because once they, we think that they don't matter, you know, Rich, we're always ahead of the curve. We're throwing our hands now. There'll be more people throwing their hands later yeah. if they keep down this path. Anyway, that's Naito and Evil from uh... yeah.
2: <laughs> there you go, uh, uh, Jay White and Abushi. Of course, Jay White defeats Abushi to uh, to win the briefcase. The first instance of the briefcase changing hands, which again, I have no issue with the briefcase changing hands. Like, I, like I think it's a little convoluted. I don't love it. I didn't love how they did it, but I always said that they had to do it. I don't know if Ibushi was the right guy to do it, but I I, I don't I, I don't hate the idea of the briefcase changing. That's not my issue. The briefcase can change, no. and Jay White can win, and he can laugh at Kotobushi, and Kotobushi can go kick rocks and, and, and fuck around and not have a big-time Russell Keenan match. That's fine. That's not the way I would book it, but that's the way that they can book it. The no. problem that I have is then him waltzing into an, <laughs> in a title match where he's going to win, by the way. He's going to win that match, right, on, on January 4th. He's beaten Naito to win that title. Rich, he's winning both. Right. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to leave Wrestle Kingdom January 5th with both titles around his waist or around his shoulders or whatever. And and we will have repeated the story we had last year. We'll have said that the, the G1 briefcase doesn't fucking matter because the guy that won the G1 briefcase lost it and still walked out with both titles at the end of the night. It's just, yeah, that I have no issue with Jay White, defeating Ibushi If that's the road you're going to go down. If that's the plan you want to do, then fuck it. Jay White, Naito, Wrestle Kingdom, double title. That's our match. There it is. That's it. I have no issue if you do that. I, you know, I could take some umbrage with the way that they did it, with who yeah, they yeah. did it with. That's fine, but I could see it. I would understand. Okay, I know where they're going. I understand the plan. You lost me. <laughs> yeah.
0: the, the, the thing is, the moment Ibushi lost the briefcase, when I'm watching this show, I said, "Oh, okay. He's winning the. He's going to end up with the title at Wrestle Kingdom." Because it's just, I know that the way that they, but it's like last year when Naito got eliminated from the G1, what did I say on this show? Right, yeah, he
2: said he's, he's walking out of there with the title. I
0: said he's walking out with the title. This is what they do. It, it became more obvious to me that Naito was walking out with the title. And that's before I even knew about the double dash tournament shit. As soon as Ibushi lost with Jay White's feet on the ropes, I said, oh, that's fucking weird. And he's going to end up winning the title now. There is only one. Possible outcome of these two matches at Wrestle Kingdom that they can do or they have completely lost their minds and that's Kota Ibushi winning both matches. You cannot do any other combination of outcomes. You cannot have Naito beat Ibushi on night one. Or you or what you're doing if you do that is you're just killing a You're overheating,
2: yeah. You're overheating it and, and you're gonna lose. And that that's classic booking mentality is is is, is heat, 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 lose, 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 underdog, 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 and then eventually we'll turn on him and then he's gonna be great. But you re, you you lose the sometimes you lose that opportunity. We said that with Naito. You couldn't have Naito lose again. He had to win you, these both titles last year. He uh, you, you can't let heat me that tell you again. Something.
0: Let me tell you something. If a loses to Naito on night one of, of Wrestle Kingdom, He has been treated so far – he has been treated by far worse than Naito ever was because he would have lost both Wrestle Kingdom matches last year, won G1 two years in a row, never came away with the title, lost – is the only guy to lose the briefcase and will have gone 0-3 in the past two Wrestle Kingdoms despite winning the G1 twice and was the only guy to lose the briefcase. That is way worse than anything that ever happened to Naito. Because at least Naito won the title once in 2016. 16, yeah. Whatever Dominion,
2: Dominion 16, I believe.
0: They gave him a little run to tell you, okay, he's a top guy. Abushi has never had that. You know, and Naito never had the indignity of losing the briefcase or losing twice in one Wrestle Kingdom. This is why I say there is only one outcome that they can do. Otherwise, they have completely lost their minds. And that is Abushi winning both matches. It's the only outcome that makes sense. He lost both matches last year. He wins the G1. He suffers the indignity of losing the briefcase. They worm his way back in there. Now he has to win both matches. That completes this little story. It's the happy ending. It's his coronation into the upper echelon. Okay? They spent all summer telling you he was better than Tanahashi now. They spent the last two years giving him bitter defeats. He has to win both matches. It is the only outcome. You can't do another outcome. You can't have Naito beat him. And then a Abu- what does Bushi do? Just go home night two? <laughs>
2: right.
0: Okay? So you can't have Naito beat him. That's a fucking lock. And then you can't have him win and then lose to Jay White. You can't do that again. I mean,
2: could. I, I wouldn't. But I guess they could. I, I, dude, I don't know what they can and can't do anymore.
0: You can't do that.
2: It's gonna be <laughs> I agree. Million. I'm with you, but I don't know, man. I don't. I, I've said a lot of things that they can't do that they've done this year, so I don't know.
0: He has to win both matches, or because if he doesn't, okay, he's got to be out of the title picture for like a year. Why would anyone believe in him after that? You're doing a ton of damage. You know this it, again. Otherwise, you've just gone full WWE. But. The thing about it is all the rules are changing right before our eyes. So who the fuck knows? Yeah, that's what I mean. So and and that's why it's like for eight years, we could
2: come on the show and and, and basically predict every big main event, predict every big match. We were wrong a few times here and there, but we were surprised. But like we could basically tell you these are the guys. This is the Wrestle Kingdom match. Here's probably what's going to like we could do that meticulously down to a science of who's going to win the G1, how they're probably going to win it, who's going to wrestle the main event, this stuff. Yeah, we, we were wrong a few times here and there, but like for the most part, we got it. We nailed it. I dude, I have no fucking clue anymore. No clue. And that and that takes me out of it.
0: Yeah, someone in the chat room is saying, well, he could lose to Jay White and then beat him at New Beginning. No fuck. What would be, that.
2: The, fuck. What,
0: <laughs> what would be the justification for Ibushi to get another title shot a month later after blowing it again? He doesn't have like, any
2: fucking justification now to get it, and he's getting it at Wrestle Kingdom.
0: Well, that's what I mean, it's like you keep it's just a we, I don't know the rules then anymore. It's a never-ending just deluge of anymore.
2: shit. Yeah, if, if we just start doing that, yeah,
0: it's just dumb shit that doesn't make sense forever. You can't. That would be awful. You can't. You can't do that. Um, so he, yeah, no. As soon as he lost to Jay White, I thought to myself, he's winning the title at Wrestle Kingdom. I had no idea we're doing fucking double dash bullshit again, but it's like, oh well, he has to win now. So now I think it's obvious that he just wins both matches. As for the Jay White Abushi match, I don't know about you. I was bored to tears watching. Yeah, I this hated
2: match. it. I didn't like it much. either.
0: And I don't know what it is about those two, but outside of that one G1 final, which was electric, they just do nothing for me when they're together. I just, I don't know. I couldn't get into it. So yeah, White's uh, got the
2: same thing that Evil has with me, where it's like I really honestly don't give a shit about what happens at any point during the match because it's just I'm just waiting to see you Know someone interfering, somebody rolling yeah. up, and it wasn't like egregious in this match, but it was there, you know. What I mean, like this, what, what, what we saw with the j White Gato was like as worse as it used to be. Like, that's where the worst was is that he'd come in, he'd, he'd occasionally distract the referee, he'd occasionally come and help out, Jay White would take advantage. Like, that's what it used to be, and it's funny that, like, now that is like, ah, whatever, eh, it wasn't too bad because it's just fucking, you know, the main events with evil, it's just a constant stream of people running in and doing stuff now. That you know, Gato being an asshole and an agitator in the Jay White match seems tame, but yeah, I just I, like. I just don't care because I'm just sitting there waiting to see you know, what shenanigans are going to happen that are going to result in Jay White maybe winning. So the prior, the prior 18 minutes of the match don't mean anything to me. I don't care. The kickout in, yeah. in 14 minutes, why do I care about that? Why would I give a shit? The clean kickout yeah, in, in 14 yeah. minutes in. You know it's not going to matter, so why would you care? I,
0: listen, I thought I thought both of these guys had excellent G1s. I thought Jay White has been doing some of the best work of his career. This match, though, for whatever reason... Did nothing for me. I just, I was just wait. I just, it was dull. I don't, I don't know. Um, that's a separate argument from the rest of this stuff. I think. I think this match just didn't land with me for whatever reason. All
2: right, let's but. quickly go through the rest of the show uh, so we can move on to some other things here. Kenton uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Kenton defeats Tanahashi uh, to retain the uh, U.S. title, number one contender briefcase, which he has now successfully defended like seven times at this point. So like, just give him the fucking title at this point. What are we doing? Why are we here?
0: Didn't. Didn't we tell everyone who was like, oh, well, Tanahashi's winning that like a month ago? That was like, "Eh, I don't know. I think people have overestimated where Tanahashi is in the pecking order and have underestimated where Kenta is in the pecking order. Yeah. Remember, Kenta beat Naito in the G1. He only finished two points behind the leaders. He won this tournament for the briefcase. He had a title match against Naito earlier in the year before the shutdown. He gets booking respect. Okay. And, you know, last week I know we said, ah, who knows who could win this? It's like, because I think we're just kind of losing enthusiasm. But when we first talked about this match when it was made, we were, we were like, I don't know. Everyone says Tanahashi's winning, but we didn't think so. You know, so um, I wasn't surprised at all. And Kenta beat him clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring. And again, that just hammers home. Kenta is the more pushed commodity in 2020 than Tanahashi is. People need to get that through their heads.
2: Uh, as far as Kenta, uh, he's got this briefcase. I know he's defending it on a New Japan Strong uh, show uh, coming up. I'm, I'm guessing he's going to successfully retain that uh, uh, that, uh, that briefcase there. Um, it, it, I've seen a little bit of talk about this, and I'm curious what you think. Uh, does Moxley lose that title in December, start his quarantine, and go to Wrestle Kingdom to lose it to Kenta? Is I that a possibility? They're
0: getting, they're, I think they're getting Moxley in there for that show, yeah. It seems like you can get anyone in there now. So it's like but things are kind of moving backwards in that regard. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I would say if he, if that's the plan, he might want to try to get there uh, as quickly as he can. But that I mean,
0: work. what are you going to do? If you can't get him in, then, I mean... Just strip I, and, the
2: title. What are we doing? No, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know if I would do that, honestly. I think... They used to strip guys if they didn't show up for their defenses.
0: No, I get that. But I think with COVID, they're not doing that for obvious reasons. And I also think, is this title really that important? No, I would just ignore
2: happens? that this title exists. I would just have kent to walk around with this stupid briefcase they could laugh at why the hell is this guy carrying around this briefcase for this title that nobody cares about anymore and then just act that the title doesn't exist that's probably what i would do i but. would.
0: I, I look my stance remains the same on this i, I try to get him in the country if he can't i would just i wouldn't strip him i would just wait till he can't come in the country and if that means that this title's on it on ice for a few months longer who cares it's not that big a deal but anyway. does this dork have to
2: continue carrying around this briefcase and defending it everywhere
0: doesn't have to but I mean it's it's good heat for him to have the case I guess Um, you know because he's supposed to be a heel and all that but look if this were the IWGP title or the Intercontinental title when it was split I'd say yeah you have to strip him but this title I don't think you have to strip him I mean just you, you want Moxley to come back when he can he wants to come back sure. when he can so who cares just I, I don't know why people get so wound up about this title being tied up While at the same time, they all say they don't care about it. Well, if you don't care, then why do you care that it's tied up? You know, when he comes back, he can come back. I don't think it – me, I don't think it's a big deal. I can see why someone would say, this is ridiculous, just strip him. But to me, I don't think it's a big deal. Maybe it's just me.
2: Uh, Okada and Okan, what would you think of this one? Okada gets the win here, uh, defeating Okan.
0: The thing thing about this is I worry about the – empire. look – the presentation of the Empire on this show was phenomenal. It was one of my favorite things of the show. Willow Spray looked like an absolute fucking megastar coming out in the three-piece suit. He's like sipping cognac at ringside. <laughs>
2: right. I believe I it was before, champagne. I believe it was champagne, but I don't know for exactly what he was, he was We're
0: going like, to go so. with cognac. It sounds cooler. So he's sipping cognac at ringside. He couldn't look it's like – cognac, by the way, but that's fine. <laughs> he's sipping the cognac at ringside. He couldn't – he couldn't – Come across as more of a star than he did. I thought the entrance was awesome because Okarn comes out first with his Rev Pro entrance, and then Osprey's like tailing him way behind. Mister Cool, he's you know he's got the suit on. It was such a great superstar entrance. It
2: was a well. Th- both those men have very well tailored suits. I can I could definitely say that. That is that is a a lost start in pro wrestling. A lost start in in humanity. I I and I I speak as somebody who has probably never had a a, a well. Uh, tailored suit but uh, yeah a well-tailored suit can go a long way uh, in, in your life and these guys clearly get it and understand that
0: yeah he he looked like this looked like a superstar act and the thing about okarn and a lot of people are calling him a geek and and i get it the thing about it is that's how it started in rev pro 2 everyone was like what the fuck is this this is ridiculous this is fucking geek city and it grew on everyone Everyone then came around on it, and he became like this cult-like figure for how fucking cool it turned out to be. And I'm telling you right now, and I'm warning everybody, do not sell your stock. You should be buying stock in o He's going to get every opportunity. He needs a chance to grow into the role and grow into the way he's going to work the same way that Jay White did, the same way that others did. And you would be very foolish to write this guy off. He is going to be given everything. Every opportunity. He is going to have to blow it in a huge way to not become a big star at some point. Same thing for Osprey. Now, they're going to grow this, this uh, faction, and we haven't seen it in its final form. And I'm going to tell you again, all of my excitement for it will go right out the fucking window as soon as every match is waiting around for a B Priestley interference spot. I'm not going to tolerate it. I got no use for it. It's the last thing New Japan needs. Is another unit that's like that. Okay. So no. But um, I thought their presentation was an absolute superstar presentation. Uh, The match was fine. There was nothing special about the match. Um, But it was really just an angle. To get to Will Ospreay confronting Okada. I thought Ospreay's angle was excellent. Uh, His promo was excellent. Um, It established his new character. They went nose to nose. And to me... It's a highly anticipated match for me at Wrestle Kingdom. So that's what I thought
2: of all Yeah, this. I'm excited about that match for sure. I, I think both guys will bring their A-game. Osprey, it's his, arguably his biggest match of his entire career – uh, Okada you know has has been kind of building towards this moment too so it would be pretty fun to watch those guys uh, excited about that uh, never open weight title uh, Shingo wins the never open weight title defeats Minoru Suzuki as we we pretty much everybody predicted would probably happen here uh, I love it I love Shingo as a never open champion I hope that they go and, and and just rebuild this title have him have a long ass run with this if this is going to be his peak if the, if we're never going to get the Shingo Takagi IC or the Shingo Takagi you know IWGP heavyweight run Whatever, that's fine. I think he belongs there, but whatever, he can be the never open champion and he can defend the fuck out of that title and have some great matches and make that division a whole a lot of fun. And and it's not that Suzuki hasn't. I mean, Suzuki's been a, a, a great champion this year, but I am excited, excited about the sh- uh, the Shingo Takagi, uh, never open run in in twenty twenty one and moving forward. So I hope he has the title a long time, and I hope there's a lot of really fun matches too. But the match itself, I I, I don't. I, it was fine, but I like the malaise of New Japan really just kind of wore on me. Because uh, I watched this in reverse order in, in, in a weird way because uh, I wanted to watch the main event to make sure I had time. And then, of course, I had, I had plenty of time to watch it. But So I ended up watching all of it, but I watched it in reverse order. I watched the main event first and then the JY Kotobushi and then restarted the show. So, it, it, you know, the malaise of what was going to happen in the main event kind of dragged me down in, in, in this match. But uh, I think people liked it, right?
0: Yeah, I thought this was the best match they've had of the three. Um, I went four and a quarter. A lot of people were saying that, like, Suzuki got knocked out legit towards the end. I thought they were working. I thought so too. Yeah,
2: I didn't. It was too pronounced and too exaggerated. I know the spot that people are talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's not what guys look like when they get knocked out. Yeah. You know, it's there's a different look and feel to it. And I I think Minoru Suzuki was was working it.
0: And whether they were or not, it worked for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, if he got his bell rung, it is what it is. I mean, you just hope he's okay and it seems like he is and you move on. But, um, no, I thought it was the match of the night. And um, the best match of the three that they've had, I thought it was significantly better than the G1 match and a little bit better than the Jingu match. So, um, yeah, the, as far as match quality goes, this was the high point for me. Uh,
2: and then our opener, uh, <laughs> it's not even worth talking about. Uh, Torriano defeats Zack Sabre Jr. to retain the, uh, the KOPW title in a no corner pads <laughs> match, so.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to do the – if you like it, you like it. Yeah, it's fine. I, 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 it, yeah, it's whatever. It's, hey, it's, we're not going to waste
2: our time. Whatever. It's not for us. It's not going to be for us. It's never going to be for us. So whatever.
0: I didn't find it like
2: – It wasn't offensive or anything. Yeah.
0: No. It was just – look. And as long – look, if it's an opener and you know, look, is it any more – look, whatever. I mean – do you want to see an eight man tag with people that doesn't have to do anything with any or this? I mean, at least it's a decent diversion and there's people who like it. So I can't kill them for it. Right. You the know, guys seem
2: to have a little bit of fun with it too. And, and that's whatever. Yeah, it's fine.
0: It's more useful than just having a, a, a multi-man tag. Oh, for sure. Tag.
2: Yeah. I'd, I'd much rather watch this than, uh, you know, if given the option of like a hot young line opener or this, I would obviously take the hot young line opener, but yeah, between it's... shitty eight man tag with a bunch of old guys who don't really care. And this I'll, I'll take, I'll take this over that for sure.
0: I completely agree with everything you just said. So.
2: All right. So let's talk about the, uh, we got two tournaments coming up here shortly. Best of the Super Juniors, World uh, Tag League. We've talked about Best of the Super Juniors. We kind of ranked uh, the, the, the participants with this and the J-Cup. Uh, the one big thing that now has happened as of uh, the day before we were recording here, uh, Yoshinobu kanamoro our our top five pick uh, among wrestlers in, in both these tournaments. He is out. He has been pulled from the tournament and replaced by young lion Yuemura. So Yuemura... Goes into the tournament. Uh presumably will lose all of his matches. Probably, right? Yeah, maybe Dookie. On. Maybe Dookie, but he's probably losing the Dookie match too. Right? Nah,
0: he's going 0 he's 9. Um he'll he'll wrestle well. Um You know, it, it, they always do when they put him in these spots, but he's going 0 9, and that's where you kind of lose something between because Kanemura was going to win his share of matches. Oh,
2: absolutely! And and Kanemura was in like you know top like main events, some of main events. He was a big part mm-hmm. of this tournament, so this is this is right. a big blow. This isn't just a easy replacement. If Duki got hurt, you could throw you know somebody in there and, and it'd be negligible the amount of you probably have to change one you know match here or there. Uh But yeah, no, going from Kanemura a, a pretty big deal in this tournament to Yu Amura is is a big deal. It, it changes all the booking.
0: Well, look, yeah, it changes. They have to reformat the entire tournament. Because is going to win a couple, and he's going to upset some people. He's a guy who pulls upsets because he's kind of the, you know, the the sneaky heel of the of the tournament. So yeah, they got to reformat the whole thing, which is a pain in the balls. Um, and look, you've gone from Dragon Lee and Kanamoru to Duki and Uemura, and you know it's 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 a negative trade, especially when you're already taking Willow Spray and Shingo, two of the three best. Best guys in the tournament out of it because they've moved up to heavyweight and you're not getting any of the guys that are in the j cup because of the COVID stuff so this tournament has just taken a beating but i'm still optimistic about it because i think we're just going to get some straight wrestling here and mm-hmm. i just want to see some good matches and, and look Horomu's great and um you know it, it's they're all gonna you know you'll get Horomu and Despi and and show versus Hiromu, and sh- y- y- there's some good matchups here. So,
2: yeah, I'm excited but, to yeah, see Robbie Eagles. I'm excited to see Robbie Eagles back.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And Yu-Mur is good. I like Uemura sure. a lot. He's going to lose, but I, I think that they have a real cool story that they can tell here, where he maybe works his ass off, and and the whole story of the tournament is, oh, is he going to do it? Is this the moment? And of course, he's not going to do it. But you know, they can do some of that Hanma energy with him, where it's like, oh my god, is he going to do it? And then he doesn't do it. You, you know, so there, there's, I, I'm still, yeah, I, I it sucks that out of Kanemaru. It sucks that the booking has to change. It sucks that you know Osprey and, and, and Shingo aren't in there. It sucks that a lot of the J Cup guys aren't. But I, I still am very cautiously optimistic about this tournament. I think it'll be pretty solid.
0: You know, the one upside of Kanamuru not being in the tournament is now Master Wato's not getting that win back. Because you know that was coming <laughs> from Jingo. You're right. And because you know that's how they book. And that, that it all made sense to me. I'm like, oh, okay. They probably would have been in the same block. Kanemuru won at Jingo because Wato was going to beat him in the Super Junior at some point. But now they're not – he's not in there, so fuck Wato. He doesn't get his win back. And maybe now they'll forget about it and he'll never get his win back. <laughs> never get <kidding>. it. <laughs> Which could be very satisfying to me as a Kanemuro fan because I – that was like my favorite result of the New Japan restart. Kanemuro beating Wato when I did not think that was going to happen. And now that that fucking dork might never get that win back and that is very satisfying to me. So –
2: so that is, uh, that, that's Best of the Super Juniors. We have an incredible preview up at uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com. John Carroll from Wrestling on Uh They did an incredible preview. Incredibly detailed. As detailed as you'll find uh, any Best of the Super Juniors preview anywhere else uh, on the internet. VoicesOfWrestling.com uh, is where you can read that. Again, VoicesOfWrestling.com. John Carroll, uh, Best of the Super Juniors preview. Really, really good stuff uh, there. As, again, as extensive of a preview as you're going to find uh, anywhere uh, for Best of the Super Juniors, and hopefully in the next few days we'll have a World Tag League as well, because that gets fired up uh, November 15th. Uh, I'm trying to be excited about the World Tag League, but I might fail to do so. But let's talk about these teams and see, Joe, if you are excited about the sure. annual World Tag one, League. So,
0: One very quick aside. They're arguing about Dookie in the chat room. Dookie's good. I don't have a major problem with Dookie. But if you're telling me I could have Dragon Lee or Dookie, Rich, I'm taking Dragon.
2: <laughs> right, right. We, we gave, we gave Dookie saying. pretty good marks last week, right?
0: Yeah, and he won me over in last year's yeah, tournament. Yeah, we like Dookie. He sucked in the beginning, and I was like, this guy's got to go. And then by the end of the tournament, I'm like, eh, you know what? We're,
2: we're Dookie realists here. Yes. We're, we, yes. We, he's not bad. He's fine. And sometimes yes. he's good. Yeah. But let's, yeah. let's pump the brakes, reel it in a little bit, right?
0: Yeah, and all I'm saying is it was either it, he liked replaced dragon lee <laughs> right
2: who's much better than dookie
0: <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that's not a yeah that's all i'm saying so they're, they're all they're having a gigantic war in, in in the live chat room which you can participate in on the ten dollar deer but uh just making our stance clear on dookie but uh yeah let's look at these uh tag league
2: let's get into here. it world tag league november 15th to december 11th uh, your teams are juice robinson and david finley Evil and Yujiro Takahashi God Joe I'm skipping I'm not watching a single e- Evil Yujiro Takahashi match Is that that's okay?
0: A, that's a horrendous team I'm not
2: watching one fucking match Of those dorks Alright Not one It's not gonna happen you,
0: you know what I'm watching right now I'm watching the heel From the movie Scream And Candice LeRae <laughs> <laughs> Beat up uh, Tony Storm
2: Yeah, so. yeah. I, I, You'll be- <laughs>
0: You'll be shocked to know that Indy Hartwell was underneath the mask. Yes,
2: I know, even though I think they already revealed that, but then they unrevealed it and then now revealed it again, two uh, weeks after up... Halloween. Which was...
0: Apologies, they were beating up Shotzi Blackheart, not Tony. Well, they beat up both of them. Yes, you yeah, don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I watched, I watched a little bit of NXT last night. I saw Candice and, and, and Tony Storm have a have a match. Yeah. It's pretty bad that we can't just have Candice and Tony Storm have a wrestling match. It have to have somebody in a scream mask two weeks after Halloween.
0: Well, and we still have Cameron Grimes running from zombies, which someone made a very good point on Twitter. With AEW having that title match on December 2nd, uh, does The Undertaker say goodbye to NXT on December
2: oh, 2nd? Oh, great idea.
0: Ben Owens is the Twitter guy
2: who said great that. Great idea to have The Undertaker. I mean, I, he he needs a... Because we're doing the Surviv- his last Survivor Series, his last yeah. SummerSlam, his last WrestleMania, his last this. I love the idea of him coming up on NXT. Yeah, that's a great and look, idea. And,
0: and look, the connection's right there because Cameron Grimes is scared of zombies yeah. now. And there's there's really no happening.
2: greater zombie than The Undertaker. So. And The
0: Undertaker. So Cameron Grimes will be in the ring talking his Cameron Grimes trash. And then it's going to be... dong. <laughs> You know, and then he's going to look scared. He's going to be looking around and the Thunderdome and the, the people are going to be banging on the cage of the, what is it called? The Capitol Wrestling the Capitol Center. Capitol
2: Wrestling Center, right? yeah.
0: And then the Undertaker is going to come out and he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to uh, tombstone Cameron Grimes. You can see it coming a mile away. Anyway, that one's free if anyone's listening, Gabe. <laughs> so here you go.
2: Tamatonga and Tangaloa. GOD is back, baby.
0: Yeah, they're probably winning too. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I hate to skip to the end, but...
2: <laughs> no, I mean, no, you're, you're right, you're right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah.
0: you know what? Honestly, I don't even hate it. Anything new or fresh in this company, like they haven't been around for a while. Actually, I do hate it. What am yeah, I Yeah, they saying? fucking
2: stink and they're not new yet. and they're not fresh, even though they haven't been here for a year. They,
0: I, like <sighs> I like their entrance theme.
2: So here's my thing. I like the theme, but I hate what it represents. I've always said that. Yes. The theme is good, but I hear like the doom doon doom doom I'm just like, oh god damn it. Like here we go. <laughs> here comes a slow fucking boring ass bullshit yeah. match. Great. 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 All right. Uh Tomohiro Ishii and Toro Yano.
0: Why does Yano have to be there?
2: <laughs> Taiichi and Zack Saber Jr., the techers, are are here, so Yeah. Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. I'm going to carry this right. dork into a tournament. Just tell Yoshihashi and Toru Yano to be a team, and I could just skip all their matches. And give me Ishii and Goto, right?
0: Oh, my God. Ishii and Goto. Let's w. fucking go. Tremendous yeah.
2: yeah. Shingo and Sonata. Oh, my God. This tournament stinks, Joe. I'm done. I'm already done. You don't like Shingo and Sonata? Huh? I don't like I don't like Sonata. No, I do not. It's like uh, the cold school <laughs> Sonata. So.
0: Well, hold on. Who eats the pins?
2: And probably Shingo, unfortunately.
0: But he's a title. Holder. Oh, he's a
2: champion. Oh, that mean. Oh, okay, I like it. Let's let's fucking let's see
0: see. Look, you were right. Like normally it'd be Shingo because Sonata's – But let's the downcycle but,
2: Sonata. I like it. All right.
0: But 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 Shingo's a title holder, so it's like if they're gonna how many how many teams are in this? Ten. Uh ten. Yes. So nine matches. They have to lose because they're not gonna win. So they have to lose at least three. You can't beat a never champion three times. No. See, that's that's why I find this team interesting. Not because I want to watch Sonata wrestle, but because I'm curious who takes the falls when this team loses. Maybe, maybe they don't...
2: win all their matches, and, and Tamatanga and Tagaloe win all their matches except for the matches against each other. And that, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you do that.
0: Because Shingo's going to have a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom. He's right. not going to have a tag team exactly. title match. Yeah, yeah. So they have to lose at least three times, and I'm trying to figure like, which she, you're not going to beat the never champ. You might beat them once to set up a match. You're not going to beat him th- three times. What
2: if they fucking do? Dude? Who the hell knows anymore with these guys?
0: Yeah. Anyway, who, I would doubt it. Guys?
2: I would. I would highly doubt it. But uh, oh, things don't get much better. Uh, Bad luck Folly and Chase Owens.
0: Yeah. That's a horrendous <laughs> team. <laughs> that is such a bad team. <laughs> that is an awful team. Who wants to watch that? My no, God. Yeah. And, there, and there is going to be a
2: bad luck Folly Chase Owens versus Evil and Udro match. That's going to they're exist. Gonna,
0: they're going to wrestle Yano. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this company stinks. Uh, great Ocon and TBA, the very dangerous TBA, presumably Jeff Cobb, right? Are we? Is that our official prediction?
0: I mean, you'd think it would be Cobb because not just on this show last week, but Dave Meltzer has been talking about Cobb joining the Empire for weeks and weeks. Um, I've seen Kyle Fletcher – talked about because the natural connection there where you think, you know, they're trying to sign him. Tanahashi loves him, Willow spray loves him, And he'd be a natural member for empire as well. The problem with like a Kyle Fletcher. Ocon team is again, who takes the falls? You know, they're both new. You don't want to bury either.
2: Right, right. Well, Ocon and Jeff Cobb is the same way too. Like, I feel like it's weird to to have Jeff Cobb just come in and debut and take all those falls as well.
0: Which leads to my next point. I think that team has a chance to win the tournament.
2: Interesting, yeah.
0: Because you know it'd be a good way to get the empire going. It'd be a good way to get Okan going to you know win the tag team titles. At um, but it's a weird match against Techers. So I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like God are the favorites, okay? But I feel like whoever Okan teams with, that team is not going to lose a lot of matches. I feel like that team is going to get a push, so um, you know we'll see. It's interesting to see if it's Cobb, I'm going to be like, ah, yawn. Um, if it's someone new and fresh that they're adding to the group, but it's 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 more than likely going to be
2: Cobb. Yeah, I, I hope it is somebody other, and that's nothing against Jeff Cobb. Like I, I like Jeff Cobb at, at, at a certain level, but it's just he's not very interesting in that stable. You know what I mean? I, I just don't. I don't find that the idea of Jeff Cobb in that group just doesn't. Do it for me, but a Fletcher, yeah, absolutely does. Any any number I mean, of other I mean, guys, you, absolutely does.
0: People who don't know that man is a hoss now.
2: If you're thinking about rail thin, needs oh to eat my Jesus god, no, he's fucking a hundred pounds heavier than he was a few years ago. Like that, like legit, like right, like what what amount of weight would you put that he has gained in the last two years?
0: I would, I would say that he is so big now that he'd be one of the biggest people on the roster.
2: Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> he's a large he's, man he's
0: like, he's like larger than willow spray even the bloated steroid filled willow spray <laughs> like when they wrestled on that Rev pro show he was bigger than yeah. like and it's not like and
2: wider too just like bigger bigger shoulders wider like everything yeah and it's not just pure like fake muscle it's either not it's muscle. like girth it's, yeah it's just girth yeah.
0: it's just big it's old school wrestling weight Like, the way guys used to look. He's got, like, Dick Murdoch weight. Yes. You know what I mean?
2: And it's like... Where he looks out of shape, but you know he could fuck you up. Right. Like, your uncle. The the uncle weight. Like, you know, your your kind of chubby uncle that's still the strongest human being you've ever met. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like
0: Right. Your uncle who will fuck your shit up. Yeah. that, That guy. That's... he's He's... And he's tall. He's really tall. I mean, he was always tall, but he was so thin that it was like... You know, that was always our complaint. And, man, he came out of fucking quarantine a, a legitimate Haas, and he and he's wrestling like one. If he shows up, if they do sign him, I'm telling you, Kyle Fletcher is New Japan ready, and he could work, too. So we just worked ourselves into a shoot. It's going to be Jeff Kyle. I,
2: I know. I know why we're <laughs> spending our time thinking about this one.
0: Oh, I just – I know who it's going to be. Why didn't I think of this? Rich, is going to be Mad Mikey Nichols. Oh, of Jesus Christ. Amazing. I
2: mean, what, what? why not? At this point, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> it's already yeah. a disaster of a fucking tournament with a bunch of bullshit teams. Yeah, Mad Mikey Nichols, perfect. Great.
0: Mad Mikey Nichols. Mad Mikey Nichols, yeah. yeah. You think he'll ever be back, or are they just like, nah, Are they just going
2: to, like, good. yeah, not call? Like, does he call, and they just don't answer? Does.
0: Are they, like, uh, waiting around for Shane Haste to get released, and then just bring him in as a package? Yeah, I wonder.
2: Point? I'm curious.
0: I like Mikey Nichols, but that didn't work
2: out. No, it, it, it didn't. That
0: didn't work out. He uh no, that didn't work out. Um it's been a while too, hasn't it been yeah, like a year. They, yeah? Yeah,
2: it, it has been quite a while and I think I think I think was.
0: the ship may have sailed. <laughs> yeah, I think
2: it may have, yeah. And I I, yeah. I am fine with that and uh we never have to speak of the name bad Mikey Nichols ever again. So we wouldn't have to do a a profile on the book this year, right? I don't think he I don't think no, he worked on I don't any. think he
0: wrestled 2020. Yeah, I don't think he did. Perfect. Wasn't he booked originally for New Japan Cup before the shit hit the fan?
2: Maybe, I think he was. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't remember. But he's gonna be back, Rich. <laughs> and then our last team that I'm actually excited about: Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Hanari. Hanari finally gets his opportunity to wrestle again. So um...
0: this was really gonna be his year. He was gonna have that never title shot before COVID. And that guy, I mean, I'm still, I'm still buying low on him. I mean, yeah, I think he, he can fill that Ishi role. For the next 15, 20 years. I think he could be that good. I mean, um, he has just never not impressed me. So, looking forward to, to seeing him back.
2: Oh, hey, right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, go One ahead. Wait. Is it possible Tanahashi eats some falls for that team?
2: Uh, I think it's very possible that he eats some falls for this team.
0: Instead of Hanari eating them I all? Think it's, I, mean, I
2: think that would be actually like a weird... like. <laughs> In a way, I think that'd be something that they could symbolically do even more to prove that hey, this guy now is, is, is falling down the card. He is now no longer. W-. I think that would be the upset of all upsets. Is is somebody gets that big win and it's like, oh my god, they just pinned Hiroshi Tanahashi, and even Tohanari hanari can be like, oh my god, what? <laughs> like you know, I've always yeah. been kind of the, the 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 joke of this team, and, and Tanahashi's kind of called me out in prior years because like I've lost or whatever. But now, holy shit, you lost instead of me. Like, I, I, they should. They really should do that. I think it-
1: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin-Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
2: Be a great way to kind of show that, that Tanahashi is officially uh, cycled down a little bit. I, I, I don't think it's the worst idea. I really don't.
0: People are suggesting Lord Gideon Gray for the mystery partner. The problem
2: is He's, he doesn't really wrestle, and he doesn't wrestle well either. So
0: yeah, he can't wrestle at the New Japan level. He's number a good one. character,
2: good character, good talker, but not a not a wrestler.
0: Great character. He should be part of the act but even the great introduction that he does for O'Karn he can't do the undefeated part cuz O'Karn lost already like and that's a big part of the bit him screaming undefeated over and over um so it's like and plus i he just can't like he would yeah he could eat all the pins but he's not a new japan level worker that's the problem and um you know i'd be very stunned if it's him
2: All right, so that is uh, that's our check in on New Japan. (laughs) It stinks, but hopefully it'll get better. Uh, That's Power Struggle, uh, first two nights of Wrestle Kingdom. What we know so far, uh, best of Super Juniors and World Tag League. All right, Joe, we have plenty of different ways to go. Uh, We got about an hour left in the show. Uh, I will leave it up to you of what you want to uh, discuss next.
0: Yo, Dexter Loomis versus Thatcher is fucking good. I heard it was like, good. Yeah, what? I heard
2: it was like Dexter Loomis. I turned it off because it's Dexter Loomis, and then I heard that like he was good, and that it was actually a legit good Dexter Loomis match. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just having it on because, you know, we're doing the show. Yeah, right? I,
2: I think it's like devoid right. of bullshit. It's just kind of like a straight-up good wrestling match, right?
0: Oh, they're just beating the living shit out of each <laughs> other. Okay, right? hey. I, I legitimately enjoy WWE Timothy Thatcher. I mean, I've been saying that all along. I mean, I have to be honest about it. I think I haven't, I've enjoyed him in WWE way more than Evolve. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, this match rules. Of course, it goes to commercial in the middle of the match. <laughs> the fuck? Um, let's talk about, well, you know, each of us have watched some uh, recent Japanese stuff. Uh huh. I, I don't know. Oh, oh, you want? Okay. All right. I, I, hold on. Hold on. Hold now.
2: on. Hold on. It's up to you. Is it, is it worthy of it? I think it's worthy. All right.
0: I think it's worthy. I think we both have enough to say. Okay. Did you have enough time?
2: I'm ready when you are, yeah.
0: Rich, do you want to go bouncing around Japan? And Rich, we'll start with you and a show that you watched, or at least a main event that you watched. You dove into the Joshi this
2: week. Yeah, a little Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. So this uh, this was the uh, Wrestle Princess. We have a review up at uh, uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com as well. It was Ed and Ewan uh, did our reviews. Uh, and they gave this main event. They both gave it five stars. And I was like, okay, that's interesting, but okay. And then I saw Taylor Mainberg of Jumping Bomb Audio, also on the, the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. He went... 5 stars of this match. I saw a bunch of other people say 5 stars, 5 stars, match of the year contender, match of the year contender, 5 stars. It was going left and right and I said, I gotta watch this show. I gotta watch this match. Because hey, if there's a main event, a big time main event, and it's going to be a, you know, it's gonna get 5 stars, it's gonna get match of the year level things, it's gonna get voted on, presumably for our match of the year at the end of the year, I gotta watch this thing. So I did. It is the main event of Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestle Princess. It's for the Princess of Princess title. Yuka Sakazaki, who you remember from AEW, probably. She had the uh, Aladdin pants, the, the Persian pants. Do you remember Yuka yes, I Sakazaki? I yeah.
0: I, I do. I couldn't stand her, but yes, I remember.
2: <laughs> <it> <laughs> you remember? Her, yeah, her, her incredible theme music where I think she just goes, yeah, 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 the entire time. It's, it's pretty fun. Yes. Uh, and she was against Mizuki, who I have never seen before. I've never seen Mizuki before. I've obviously seen uh, Yuka Sakazaki before. Um, good match. Really good. Am I five stars? I'm not. And one of the reasons I, I it might be, and as I'm reading these reviews and I'm reading people talking about this, and we and we discuss this all the time, when you parachute into a company, it is very difficult sometimes to get why a certain match is important, why a uh, a, a title win is important, why a title defense is important. You are just watching for the work. The I, I sat down and I, I know nothing about the background of Tokyo Joshi Pro. I know nothing about Yuka Sakazaki. I know nothing about Mizuki in, in Tokyo Joshi Pro. But... I was like, hey, you know, I'll watch this match anyway. And on the merits of the match itself, really good. I went four stars, uh, teetered at four and a quarter, because it was it was good work. It was really, really good work, uh, both hard-hitting, good high-flying, a lot of real, like, high impact. Yuka Sakazaki's working over Mizuki's leg uh, the entire time, and Mizuki has a big, sort of, double foot stop from the top rope that she, you know, one of her, her key moves that she does. Well, Yuka Sakazaki, you know, is targeting that and targeting the, the the legs, but Mizuki just says, fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway. So she does this one spot that I loved. It was a really, really cool spot where uh, Yuka Sakazaki's on the outside, and Mizuki gets to the top rope, and she kind of looks around like, fuck, do I really wanna do this? And she dives from the top rope to the outside to do a double footstop on Yuka Sakazaki and then just screams. The loudest, most blood-curdling scream you've ever heard in your life. And I love that. It was like, look, that's my fucking move, and it's going to hurt, but it's going to hurt her more, so I don't fucking care. I'll do it. So She does it. And uh, it was really cool. It was a really cool spot. And that, and that was kind of what the entire style of the match was. Uh, was Mizuki, you know, selling the knee, Yuka Sakazaki working over the knee, and then just good back and forth between those two. Um, Yuka Sakazaki gets the win. Um, again, a really good match. I liked it. Not match of the year contender for me. Not five stars, but you can absolutely see why people you know that, that are into it and into the you know and and, and again, you read that review uh, that we have on the website again. Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestle Princess from November seventh uh, by Ewan and Ed. They go into a ton of detail of why this match means you know what it means and, and 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 you know why it's important and why this win is important. So that's cool to read the context of it. And and, and even then, yeah, even parachuting in, I thought it was a pretty solid match uh, and one that you should definitely if you get a chance. Um, you know, go check it out and and, and 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 watch it. It's on Wrestle Universe, by the way. Uh, by the way, so if you subscribe uh, for either DDT or Noah, uh, it's on the Wrestle Universe, so you get it anyway. So you may as well check it out. Uh, November seventh, Wrestle Princess, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, and I've I've dabbled a little bit of Stardom uh, this summer as well, and this fall, and uh, I, I I can see myself watching a little bit more Joshi here and there as, as I'm I'm seeking uh, some more wrestling that, that that you know meets my sensibilities, and and, and Joshi has been doing that, so I'm a. Uh, not saying i'm a full joshi guy yet you know jumping bomb audio on this very podcast network is probably where you want to go uh for that but uh yeah no this, this had me interested in watching a little bit more of uh, of tokyo joshi pro for sure how
0: about some tokyo joshi pro on the fly? yeah there
2: you go you find me another fucking podcast joe that talks joshi tokyo joshi pro that's about to talk fucking hartley jackson zero one noah aw new japan you're not gonna find I'll it give
0: you, i'll give you the answer rich doesn't exist fucking nowhere yeah speaking of hartley jackson and zero one that's where we bounce to next to talk about the 20th fire festival five the 20th anniversary
2: <laughs> time flies so far so we, we, we always remember where we were during that first fire festival right
0: Ah, who could forget where it was? <laughs> okay,
2: you know, the, the indelible, the indelible match between you know the two guys.
0: <laughs> who could forget S- it? Slipping my mind at the moment, but I'm, I'm sure I'll, it'll come to me any 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 second. Uh, but what we have no problem remembering is the 20th edition of the Fire Festival. The final comes down to Hartley Jackson, who returned to the company earlier this year when this was a zero one podcast during the heart of the yes pandemic. oh
2: god we Without were zero one podcast for for sure
0: we were all over the uh, the zero one when Hartley Jackson returned and he was taking on the uh, champion of the promotion this Tamora Hayato are you familiar with the Tamora Hayato or is this your first I time
2: think as far as I could tell, I believe this is the first time I had ever seen him. I, 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 the name looks and sounds a little familiar, but then as I watch his work, I, I really don't honestly believe. I, I may have seen him in just some like random tag match at some point, but yeah, this I believe was the first time I'd ever, I had ever seen him.
0: Well, Rich, are you on top of your Just Tap Out
2: <laughs> You know I'm a little bit behind him. I Just Tap Out. So
0: Yeah, so this is probably the first time you saw him. I've seen him a couple times because I remember when he won this title, I was surprised. I'm like, oh, they put it on that kid. So he's a 24, 25 year twenty-five-year-old. The title kid is from, obnoxiously
2: uh, large, by the way. They need to make that title. <laughs> Did you see the size of this title?
0: it's modeled after the old AWA heavyweight. Yeah, title. it goes from his
2: hip to like his, his nipples, and it's like
0: Yeah, I love that title. It's a little
2: That's large. Cool. I don't know. I, it's a little too large for me, but I I appreciate it.
0: Looks good on Nick Bawkwinkle's shoulder. You yeah, know
2: what yes. I mean? Oh, it's a good shoulder belt. It's not as good it's not as good of a waist belt though.
0: So uh this Hayato, uh he's a kid. They belted him up. Um, they're rocket packing him why the hell not give it a shot the best way I can describe him with his big gold giant robe and his gold gear and his uh and his dyed blonde hair it's kind of like a dollar store Okada is that fair that's kind of how he comes across um he doesn't have the the uh the the charisma of Kazuchika Okada not even close he doesn't have the same height or size or presence but look he's a young wrestler he's got some upside and if you're 0-1, why the hell not give this a shot? So he gets to the final here against Hartley Jackson, a veteran of 0-1. And uh, this is built around Hartley Jackson's left leg, which Hayato has injured in this match. Jackson gets it taped up over his jeans, by the way. That's <laughs> <Yes>, classic.
2: <laughs> the best way to solve a knee injury is to loosely apply ace bandages around your jeans and around your knee pads. So.
0: Yes, so Jackson's lipping around on this leg, and I don't know. This just went way too long. Yeah, okay.
2: Oh my god, I'm so glad. I thought you were gonna fucking love this match, and I was gonna tell you, Joe, you're an idiot. This match is boring as fuck. But yeah, it it was a it was a knee selling match, but it was a lot of knee selling to the point where I was like, alright, we get it. Your knees hurt. <laughs> like he was on the outside writhing in pain for like four minutes before they finally had the guy roll out and 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 you know loosely apply the athletic tape to the outside of his, his knee pad. But, yeah, it just kept going and going and going and going. And, yeah, it, it, it didn't hook me as much as I had hoped it would.
0: Yeah, Doc Sampson wrapped up that knee <laughs> over the jeans for Hartley Jackson. He works for Zero One one now. You didn't know that? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He moonlights his, his, you know.
0: He's doing double duty. But, uh, yeah, this was interminably long. And then Jackson wins the match anyway, which presumably sets up a uh, title shot for him against Hayato, which he should not win. I mean, unless Hayato has to go back to the rigorous schedule of just tap out, uh, then he should remain the champion and they should just run with this guy and try to make a new star. Look, he doesn't jump off the page and come across like a like a, like a a star right now to me. Maybe he'll grow into the role. If I'm a promotion like Zero One, one why the hell not? I mean, are you just going to bounce this title between Hartley Jackson, Yuji Hino, Chris Weiss, and all these guys who clearly have a ceiling and 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 have had chances before why not try a guy like this
2: oh i agree yeah i'm right with you and and i i i thought he was he was he wasn't great but he was good He was solid in this match. I could see the building blocks there. You could see that, you know, with some time and with a little bit of care and with maybe a little bit more confidence or whatever, that that you could get a good match out of this guy. This guy would would be a a, a decent guy. It was... Yeah, this match wasn't... There was a weird chemistry between these two guys. I thought... One thing that was kind of weird is, is, is Hartley Jackson, who I usually like a lot. He was... I don't know if you caught this. He worked... It seemed like he was working very light in this match. He was... And, and he's not usually a very light worker, but, you know, aside from his lariats, like, a lot of his other stuff was just kind of, like, gently placing the guy down or gently doing stuff or gently kind of clotheslining him or gently kicking him. And, you know, if you're Harley Jackson, just go in there and fucking lay it in. Just go nuts. And, and I don't know if that was... For whatever reason that was happening, but that kind of took me out of the match too. Is it just like you know you see this big guy and he's just kind of lightly beating up the other guy and you're like, dude, just go in there and fucking take his knee off. And 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 that might have been related uh, to the knee injury, but I did I did find that took me out a, a, a little bit. But uh, there was one spot that I really really liked. Um, so Hayato does a uh, he goes for a lariat and Hartley Jackson blocks it with his head. Yeah. It just goes no. <laughs> you know yeah. normal men would block it with their arms. Hartley Jackson goes not my head I'll use my head and then like a fucking moron goes well I'm gonna headbutt this guy and it's like you're gonna lose that and he did because the guy just proved to you that his head's hard as hell why would you challenge him to a headbutt battle but uh, he lost it and it didn't go well for him So, but I enjoyed that spot that was kind of fun
0: yeah yeah it's just the match was too long maybe if it was a little shorter and yeah, a little yeah tighten tighter.
2: it up you know take, an, take 10 minutes off this match I really really like it but yeah it did not need to go whatever 35 36 minutes or whatever it was it just yeah it, it just kept going and going and going
0: I'll go one further, buddy. I watched the whole show. Holy
2: shit. Well, let's uh, go. Talk talk to me about Zero-One.
0: The Kubota brothers defeated our favorite Zero-One tag team, Raicho and Sugi. So I was disappointed Ooh, about
2: that. Okay.
0: Uh, so, so you know, a decent match. But I really want to talk about Quiet Storm and Shinjiro Otani. What?
2: <laughs> Excuse me?
0: That's right, sir. Quiet Storm and Shinjiro Otani are, the, are a new tag team. Maybe our new Ooh. favorite tag team, Zero-One. And uh, they took out uh, Tewa Iwasaki and Sugatako Sato in a shockingly good match. I thought the veterans, Quiet Storm and Otani, would take the night off. Second match out. There's like a hundred people in Corken Hall, <laughs> but I mean they worked who, hard. I mean,
2: by the way, who are these human beings that are, are, are risking the coronavirus? Yeah, so go watch Zero One. You know what I mean? Oh, it's the Fire Festival final
0: match. <laughs> To be fair, it is their biggest show of the I year.
2: know, but still. I
0: mean. I, 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 I would think that that's why. But. Uh, Quiet Storm and Otani were a shockingly efficient tag team together. They had good chemistry. I'm not even putting you on. I think there's some uh, future there. Quiet Storm fits in like a glove in Zero One, one And you know what? It makes sense. Why wouldn't? He's a Zero One one guy. Isn't he? Oh, Quiet yeah. Storm.
2: Just the fucking dirt, grummy, grimy, whatever you want to say. Yeah, he's absolutely a Zero One one guy. I'm in.
0: Yeah so uh next up was a six-man t-hawk takuya sugawara and yoshikazu yokoyama defeat masato tanaka shogun akamoto and yuko miyamoto the old voodoo murders powder finish in this one uh rich so (laughs) uh, voodoo murders have been running rampant in zero one ruining every show and uh yes though the same voodoo murders that was running rampant in all japan 15 years ago uh just with some uh changed parts here we got a uh powder finish as the announcer was screaming voodoo murders over and over so uh, not much to see there Chris Vice versus Yuji Hino they went to a double count out in two minutes and five seconds and they said no fuck that give us another chance so the referee restarted the match rich and they went to a no contest in <laughs> six minutes and 35 seconds so Chris Vice and Yuji Hino the blood feud that is uh, that cannot be contained in this match by this, the and this, match this
2: feud must continue
0: that's right. So we're going to get another Chris weiss Hino match. And I'm not going to lie to you. They kind of got me into it now. I want to see one of these men beat the other. So it was kind of effective. And then uh, what I thought was the best match on the show, we have a new zero one one junior champion. as El Lindemann defeats Shoki Kitamura. Uh, flirting with the notebook. I got to say, three and three quarters, maybe four well worth your time if you're listening and you that sounds good.
2: Yeah, I didn't even know that that was on the show, but I'm looking at the card right now, and that's yeah, I'm gonna watch that match. That sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, it was it was uh, it was pretty good. So uh, definitely the match of the night. I thought it was better than the main event, and uh, everything on the undercard was uh, you know kind of just a match. So uh, definitely the match to go out of your way to watch. I would say if you're uh, if you find a grimy upload of this show. Watch that junior match, and then you may as well stick around for the main event. Why not? What else you got to do?
2: Yeah, the main event Nothing. was actually only 24 minutes. I can't believe that. I, I swore it was like 35. It was only 24, which speaks even more to <laughs> the they went too long uh, thing. But, yeah, that, that's – you know, I, I, it's it's we always say this. Even if it's not a great match, it's an important match in the year. Like, you shouldn't end the year without – you should watch every tournament final you can. You should watch every big-time match. You should watch every hyped match you can. You have the time. You're a wrestling fan. You know what I mean? Like that's And that's why I watch that Wrestle Princess. It gets five stars. It's got Match of the Year Contender stuff. I'll watch that. It's a Fire Festival final. You got to watch the finals. I watch every tournament final. You have to. Why not? Yeah. No reason not to. Yeah, absolutely. So. I'm kind in should... of interested in the Zero One. I'm kind of interested in the Zero One show Listen, I might, I might watch this.
0: We became a Zero One podcast during the, the heart of COVID. So now we're in.
2: I see their announcement what? of uh, six hundred and ninety-two people at work.
0: <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance.
2: Um <laughs> counting people walking chance. by on the street, mate. Yeah, there's easily less than hundred and fifty people there, right?
0: No, I don't think there's that few, but seven hundred? I, I don't think know there's
2: it's somewhere between it's somewhere between a hundred and seven hundred, somewhere in there, I think, is probably a safe guess.
0: I would uh I would agree with that assessment as we have one more stop. Yes. On our, on our bouncing. Um, I don't believe Rich saw any of this, so he'll have to set me up. Go ahead.
2: Oh, actually, we have two. But uh, yeah, what, what am I setting you up for, the Noah? We have two? We have two. Well, we got to talk about Kobe oh. World.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Dragon Gate is not a bouncing around oh,
2: Japan. Oh, it goes. Oh, okay.
0: Dragon Gate is a top.
2: Interesting. Okay. All right. I thought we were going to lump it into a uh, bouncing around Japan, but it is.
0: What did I say last week?
2: You did say you're not forgetting it anymore.
0: Dragon Gate is a full topic That's not a bouncing topic That's not some janky ass Tokyo Joshi Pro Okay <laughs> This is, Tokyo Joshi Pro has to earn their way Out of bouncing You see what I'm saying I got
2: here? you, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, right
0: This is the first time we ever did it Okay, we're dipping our toes into Joshi waters Dragon Gate is a topic It has been has always been a topic on this show It remains a topic on this show It gets treated with the reverence it deserves so we've got one more bouncing topic, uh, which I believe I'm on my own, correct?
2: Yes. It's the uh, is the premium prelude. Uh, to, uh, what, what night of this uh, Noah show did you watch? Was it night four of this one, I believe?
0: This is the November 8th Quirk and Hall show. Yeah, I
2: believe that is uh, night four of uh, uh, the premium prelude. Also in Wrestle Universe as well. So if, you, if you're subscribed, you, you get it there. I, I believe, Or is it on an Amoeba? It might be an Amoeba one. It's so. free. Free Abima show. Oh, there you go. Okay, cool.
0: Free and legal. Since it was an Abima show. I watched the top two on this show, and my prevailing thought was this. Oddly enough, I wish New Japan's main events were more like Noah's main events these days. I just, it's just uh, no nonsense. They beat each other up, good matches. I'll start with the junior title match. Daisuke Harada is your new champion. He defeats Katero Suzuki in just over 15 minutes. I went four and a quarter on this. Constant nonstop action for 15 minutes and 22 seconds. They don't waste any time. This match is essentially a 15-minute closing stretch. Great match. Interesting. Highly recommend it. Harada, uh, uh, one of the uh, best spots was he went to do a tope with Suzuki on the floor. And Suzuki countered the tope with a Cesaro uppercut to the mouth and just uh, knocked him out. And then Suzuki hops in the ring And bounces off the ropes and does a tope of his own and takes Harada out again. An incredible spot. Uh, They get back in the ring and they are just, I'm watching this and I'm thinking selling fetishists are going to hate this match. But here's the thing. Because they were just taking turns doing shit, right? But here's the thing. There's more than one way to sell. And about 10 minutes into this match, they were selling the exhaustion. They were throwing strikes with no effectiveness. They were both panting and, and struggling to breathe. They were running the rope slower. And I'm thinking to myself, this is just a great match. They went out there with this idea to just go balls to the wall. And then it was just going to be survival of the fittest. And, and the best man is just going to out-survive the other one. A battle of attrition. They went into the Guerrero-Malenko spot. And Suzuki ended up on top and got the 2.9 count. And then they went into another long Guerrero-Malenko spot after that. With a bunch of series of pinfalls and reversals. And and Harada caught Suzuki uh, at the end of that exchange, and he picks up the win. Two men, dead, exhausted, tired. Harada's your new champion. And then all of the Noah Juniors bum rush the ring for a giant brawl. I have no idea whose side anybody is on anymore because these guys all change sides every show. So I can't untwist any of that for you. I don't know who's in Stinger. I don't know who, if, uh, if Rattel's even exist or who's in it. Everyone's fighting each other So I'm not going to Untwist any of that Yeah who's in full what?
2: throttle Who's in Segura gun Who's in Yeah it is It's gotten a little wild There in Noah In terms of, of Who's on what side And who's with who But uh, glad to hear the matches Are still holding up though
0: Changes every show With these with these juniors though They change factions Every show So I have no clue But they all beat each other up It looked like Tarasuke Was the next challenger For Harada Which is awful Nobody wants to see that Tarasuke stinks uh, but he did get some mic time, so I'm assuming he was the next challenger. I'm hoping that's incorrect and it was just trash talk, setting up the brawl. But at any rate, this match ruled. Main event, Congo, Katsuhiku Nakajima, and Kano, they defeat Go Shiozaki and Keito Kiyomiya. Just fucking ruled. You need to go watch this. I, I went four and a half. This is a great match. Uh, Shiozaki Wait, still selling Four seven and a long. half? Four and a half. Oh,
2: you're not joking around then. All right, let's go
0: no this match ruled I was going to go four and a quarter and I was like Joe you're a coward it's just a, <laughs> it's a stupid match rating just give it the fucking uh, yeah, extra quarter star you know so this was awesome Kato Kiyomiya let me tell you because they paired off here because these are singles feuds Kano and Kiyomiya they still hate each other they're going to hate each other till the grave the intensity between these two in this match and I'm going to tell you something you're going to think I'm nuts I thought this was the best Kato Kiyomiya performance I've ever seen and it was just in a you know, tag team main event mm-hmm, of course. Yeah, yeah. He was so good, and him and Kano are just beating the living shit out of each other. And then Nakajima and Shiozaki pairing off. Shiozaki still selling those fucking arms. Either <laughs> <laughs> still taped up. This poor man. He should is just still... take some.
2: Yeah, takes his time off, get some surgery, man. It's COVID. This is a perfect time to take off. But hey, he's a fighter, man. He's gonna fight till the end. I like it.
0: And at the end of this match, Nakajima. With that shit-eating grin on his face. He knew he had the man beat. And he just slowly and methodically put him away, this broken man. And then after he beat him, he stood on his chest with one foot on his chest.
2: (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) I love it. And he
0: held up that GHC title with a foot on the chest and that smile on his face. And you're just thinking to yourself... I cannot fucking wait for this man to challenge for that title. And I know I said behind the paywall in my tournament reviews and here on this show when we reviewed the final. That Nakajima, after he beat Kiyomiya, that he should beat Shiozaki. But they've done such a good job making Shiozaki a sympathetic champ. I want him to win now. And he's going to lose. And it's going to break my heart. And I'm going to hate this fucking Nakajima for beating him. But it's the right move. And man, this match ruled. The Noah is great lately, and uh, it really heated up these two singles matches, as well as a tag team match in Japan has in the longest time. This was every these two matches on this show were everything that New Japan has been lacking all all, all since the summer. It's it's just it's like I said earlier when we talk New Japan. I'm watching these other promotions. And it's making me realize that New Japan is even worse than I think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just better booked. It's it's you know, the intensity is there. You know, we talk about the tone of New Japan being off. You know what the tone is in Noah right now? We beat the shit out of each other. That and 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 that's and, yeah, it's all you need. Where no wrong guy gets in trouble is he overbooks the juniors because nobody knows what the hell's going on at any given moment. And he books too many of his shitty friends. You keep the the Iron Head Fujitas out of here, and all these other fucking you know your Sakurabas. You keep these guys out of the, you know, and just keep this to what it is. And it's it's a it's one of the better booked promotions all year long. And to me, as we head down to home stretch for Observer Awards, my Booker of the Year, I Gato's out of it. I'm not voting for him this year. For the first time in like Oh, a hell seminar. no.
2: Yeah, God, no. He's not in the mix at all for me.
0: No. No. If there was a worse booker, I'd consider
2: him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly.
0: It comes down to me to know Sawa out of the question and Tony Khan. It's neck and neck. And they both have their flaws. But to me, AEW and Noah have been the two best booked promotions overall in all of pro wrestling.
2: There it is. So, Abima TV, you can watch it for free. I think you just have to make an account on, the, on that uh, service. I believe I know they have an app As well that no, you don't did it. Oh enough. so you don't have to Actually make an account Okay I think I got it from their app And they made me make an account But that was fine no. I,
0: I might do that. So. It's a straight up link You click the link And, and the shows are, And the, the match files Are all broken down Match by match They're There you just, go Yeah mm-hmm.
2: So Noah East. Premium Prelude uh, That was November 8th uh, Cork and Hall Show Night 4 The Premium Prelude As well Two great matches there Zero one we talked about uh, and now I will uh, fade the music out because they uh, they don't belong in bouncing around Japan, but we'll talk uh, Dragon Gate Kobe world here real quick. So let me just How look.
0: about a quick buffer topic? Yeah. Very quick. What do you think of the rascals jumping to WWE?
2: Funny you should mention that. Yeah, the rascals jumping to WWE. This is something that we had heard a little bit, kind of the rumblings about it a few weeks ago. Uh checks and back channels and it kind of seemed that everybody was like, Yeah, we, we think so. We'll see. You know, yeah, they're in tryouts, they're doing that sort of stuff. Uh and now the news that they have officially signed uh or I don't know if they, they're expected to sign. They have not officially signed yet, but uh you you are you're, you're pretty sure that they're gonna show up in that next like PC photo where everyone's standing around in their dorky little uh you know polo shirts or whatever. Uh Alex Zane also recently finished up his indie run. Uh he appears WWE bound as well. Uh Jiro, did you see Jiro, your favorite pro star in the world, Jiro uh, was yep. seen dining with uh, Kurt Stallion of NXT, so it appears that uh, potentially Jiro has finally gotten his wish to be a jobber in, in America. He, <laughs> so
0: he got that's everyone's wish because he doesn't have to stink up Japanese promotions anymore. <laughs> right? So tired of that guy.
2: <laughs> maybe he'll be. Maybe he's the secret. Uh, maybe they're bringing him as as, as Bo and uh, and Xia Li, uh and He's the secret uh, family member. Even though, yes, I know that he's Japanese and they're Chinese. It's WWE. Okay, <laughs> like. They don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I I understand that they are different and that one is Chinese and one is Japanese. Do they, though? I don't know that for sure. So. Rich,
0: I never <laughs> doubted where you were going with that for a second. So I don't think the listeners did either. I just, mean,
2: just had to because, clarify in case, you know,
0: because it's WWE, that was totally plausible.
2: <laughs> they, they would say, oh, that's, that's uh, Japanese. Yeah. This, this guy, yeah, he looks great. He'll be great for the, <laughs> the stable. He, yeah. You know, he's wearing a, a Komoda and he comes out and there's like, ah, whatever. Anyway, uh, no, as far as the Rascals, um, It speaks to something we talked about a few weeks ago, and it makes me kind of curious on what I don't know what WWE is doing right now with their developmental. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know what they have hundreds upon hundreds of people in that developmental right now. A lot of them not even being used, a lot being used very sparingly, a lot being used only slightly. Nobody is moving up to the main roster. Nobody is out being elevated. Nobody is moving up. You know, your Champas are still there, your Garganos are still there, your Adam Coles are still there, your Kyle O'Reillys, your Bobby Fishes. Those guys are all still there, even though they've been there for four or five years now. But you continue to bring in new crops of indie talent. And I don't know where these people are working or what they're doing or where they're going. I, I I understand why these guys are signing. I get it. It's a stable job in an atmosphere where there is no stability whatsoever. And if the option is, hey, do you want this paycheck or do you want to you know toil around in the indies and hope that you don't get COVID? Like I get it. I absolutely get why people are signing. I just don't understand what WWE is doing by signing all these guys, and 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 what they're doing with the like. What do they need the rascals for? I
0: don't know. It's just,
2: it, it, it makes and, – and it speaks to something we talked about a little bit earlier, and and, and I do wonder – and they're not going to do this, but they absolutely could. It is, it is feasible that they could add multiple new shows to the network that are live television, quote-unquote wrestling, done in the Capitol Wrestling Center, done at the PC, whatever – That feature, I mean, they're going to have to do that. We've talked about that a long time ago. We talked about how they probably should have just kept Evolve alive unless maybe Evolve will be. I I don't know what the hell they're going to do with Evolve or whatever. But I think we've come to the time where where, where really NXT does need another development. NXT needs to be whatever it is, the sixth hour of Raw, like you said, or the sixth hour of WWE television that week. And we need a developmental company in WWE. Because you have hundreds of guys right now and nobody, there's not enough opportunity for these guys to wrestle. No. Um, So, where are they going? What are they doing?
0: Well, I I, I truly believe that they should restart Evolve now that they've bought, they've essentially bought the trademarks and all the tapes and everything. They should restart Evolve and fund it and, um, you know, put Gabe back in charge of it. He'll see that as a demotion since he's writing NXT. Um, But, you know, maybe he can do both, but it's just like, that last PC class was like seven evolved guys and one guy off the street. Yeah. And we know that their roster up and down is just built off of people who Gabe has funneled to them over the years and say whatever you want about Gabe Sapolsky. Maybe you don't like him. Maybe you don't like his Twitter presence. Maybe you think he's a dick, whatever. I don't care about any of that in, in, in the terms of this conversation. Clearly he's a great talent developer and, you know, was the best on the indie scene for many years. I won't even people try to debate it, but it's not even debatable. You look at the quality of indie shows. Now nobody has any direction. Um, nobody books anything. No one gets promo time. No one gets storylines. Gabe was doing all that stuff and he developed talent. He put people in the best positions to succeed. And he did it from 2002 till 2020. Uh, and nobody else is doing that. Nobody else is equipped to do that. And no one else is equipped to do it at the level he was doing it. Period. You don't like it too bad. It's the truth. It's facts. No matter what else you think of him. So I think it would behoove WWE to bring back that brand. They own it anyway and keep it going. Just this time fully su- fully funded as opposed to subsidized. Just fully fund it and do what Rich is saying. You need developmental for your developmental now. That would be what they should do. That would be in their best interest because I don't know where they're going to get people from now that Gabe works for them.
2: Right, right, right.
0: And isn't out there getting people to him and and scouting and then developing. So as for the rascals, tell me if this is a hot take. I kind of think they're overrated. I was never.
2: I, I like them, but yeah, I don't think that they're any like era defining team in any way. Like I, I And that's why I mean like them signing that like, I don't know what WWE thinks they're getting out of these guys, but they're I, yeah, I don't. I like, like I like Desmond. I like Trey. Uh, Wentz, I can eh, give or take Wentz, really. But I think Des and Trey are good. But they're not like, yeah, I've I've seen these guys live dozens of times now. At this point, I've seen them a bunch live. I've seen them on TV and Impact. I've seen they're good. They're good guys. But they're just dudes. You know what I mean? They're just guys on the roster. I, I do not think because some people are are, are, are you know attributing them to like you know these these next level, the next generation or whatever. I don't think they're anywhere near that.
0: I never good thought little they workers. Were any, yeah, I never thought they were anywhere near the level of the, the group that came before. No, them they're not J. like
2: the, yeah, the, you're comparing to ricochet Gargano, Champa. you no, know, no, those no. guys get out of here. Kyle O'Reilly, they're nowhere near those dudes.
0: And, and I, I kind of thought they were always better on paper than in practice. Like I'd see them on listed on shows and then their matches would always seem to underwhelm to some degree. And then I kind of just gave up thinking that they were really good and they never did anything for me in impact. I thought they were just nice little undercard guys. I don't know. I've always I don't know. I think they're a little overrated, Um, you know. And I think and and my follow up point, and then we'll do Dragon Gate. Is with that said, I think WWE is the best thing for those three guys because I think they're the kind of wrestlers that the WWE can can refine and get the most out of.
2: Does that make sense? Well, that's what they are now, and that's what that company is, and that's you know we we talked about it a few weeks ago. With, you know, our AEW point is that AEW is plucking people that have that look and talk like stars and they're going to figure out the wrestling later and they're going to push them and they're going to make them into something later. That's their goal. Their goal is we're going to find th- these guys off the streets largely, you know, quote unquote, they're not actually, you know, what I mean, but, but we're going to find these people that aren't on anyone's radar or on, you know, very few radars. And we're going to make something out of those guys. And WWE has not done that. WWE has been the exact opposite lately. WWE has said, "Hey, here's a, 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 a an indie guy that is already there, is already together. We're just gonna we're gonna f- finish him up, and then he's ready to go, and he's gonna be whatever he is for for our company."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, for sure. And, like and, that, Jade, like that Jade Cargill this week. Yeah, AEW. like
2: another. You know, we talked about it a few weeks ago, and they've just continued every single week. It's like, hey, here's this person that nobody was talking about was on no one's radar. And they look like a million fucking bucks. It's like, yeah, Jade Cargill, how does and, and look, that, she had a and tryout? Look, that, how did they not sign her? What are you talking Like
0: That strategy could backfire, though.
2: Sure. Oh, it I mean, absolutely could.
0: And, 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 you know, they throw a lot against the wall, and a lot of it doesn't stick, but they don't get off of dark. See, that's the key. There's been a lot of people that came through dark, and they stink, and you're never going to see them again. I even heard Khan say that in one of his uh, media junkets this week. I think in a nicer he's way like, oh, than the way you put it. <laughs> no, no. He said that. He said, we've had people come on dark and they weren't very good. I think he even said they, that some have stunk. And then he's like, you're not going to see him again. And I was like, holy shit. That, that's like the meanest he's ever been because he's never like like mean. Um, but yeah, and it could backfire if some of these people don't work out. But I think they kind of vet them through dark and then – you know and then they move them up. But WWE, I think guys like the Rascals are perfect for that system because there's some people that go to WWE and you undoubtedly know they're going to be worse than when they came sure. when they came in. I have no I have no faith in Ben Carter doing anything in WWE. Whereas oddly, even though I think he's way better than the Rascals, I think WWE will refine the Rascals and get more out of them than anybody else has. So I do think I have – sometimes people go there and I'm like, oh, forget it. Their careers are over. Other times people go there and I'm like, that's a good move because they're just spinning their wheels. And I think WWE can clean them up and refine them and get the most out of them. And I think the Rascals fall into that category. So I didn't – I don't think the Rascals would have worked out in like AEW. No,
2: no, no. I I agree. This is probably the best spot for them. I just don't understand what what WWE needs – why they need them? That that's I have no no. They should go there. I think that's the best spot for them. I just don't know why they're there. I don't, just don't know why WWE is thinking. Uh, you know, what, we need 15 more guys in our developmental. You, you know, it's it's. It, we were going to do this as a larger topic, and we'll probably hold it off uh, for for another episode because it, yeah, it is. It I just is, want to talk uh, about the Rats. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a big it's, picture it's topic, but nomics uh, Brandon Thurston did uh, some really really cool research and some some data. It's actually at uh Dot com uh, right now as well of 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 people and, and, and kind of looking at the PC and what they've done and and and, and how successful or unsuccessful the PC has been. And you and I have always said that, like, it's, you know, they, they invested a shit ton of money in this PC. They signed everybody under the sun. And you look at the results, and the results are, are pretty minimal in terms of, like, people that have come and Because the goal of the PC, the goal of the PC initially was to take people off the streets and make them superstars, Joe, right? Yep. That That was the goal. It has not done that. It has taken people like Wentz, like Xavier, you know, like uh, 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 Trey Miguel, like Ricochet, like Prince David, uh, uh, you, you, you're Kevin Owens, your Kevin Steens, your El Genericos, your Kalistos. It's turned those guys who were already pretty much there and they just kind of said, ah, you know, here's a little new coat of paint. Okay, you're ready to go. And that's it.
0: Well, that could be the reason for the new strategy of going after indie wrestlers as opposed to uh, football players and soccer players sure. and, 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 athlete, and, and people who you know, maybe that's why they've changed course because they've seen more success with those. Right. With
2: and that that's, moment. to me, that's a massive failure of that, of that PC though.
0: Oh yeah. Cause the, all the talk of the PC was we can make anyone into a wrestling superstar because we have this fantastic facility and we treat it like an NFL training camp. The thing about it is maybe they should stop treating their <laughs> like
2: it like a wrestling school. school. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, so I think that's been part of the problem. It's like they, uh, you know, stop trying to, you know, uh, Try, stop trying to have some dick measuring contest with legitimate sports. And like you're saying, just be a wrestling school. Get back to your roots, you know, and, and, and they've missed out on so many people over the years because maybe they weren't the most impressive athlete in the tryout. And then like, you know, a great future star slips through their grasp. How does Sammy Guvera go to a tryout and and leave without a deal? How do you let that happen? Yeah,
2: how did Ricochet go through what four, or five trials before he? Yeah, Eddie Edwards yeah, Rick- passed up. You, you know, like any number yeah, of Eddie Edwards,
0: Rick- Ricky Starks. I mean, how do these guys go? And you don't instantly see that they can be stars. It doesn't. It doesn't add up because they couldn't do a, a, a you know, as many burpees as the next guy. I mean, it doesn't. It's stupid. Yeah, it's a fucking wrestling school
2: right and, and 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 you know Brandon has some really cool data here. I mean real quickly i'll just go over it and then we'll we'll talk about Dragon Gate, but like yeah the, the way that they're doing this is looking at people that have 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 you know the percentages of developmental that has happened outside of, of the WPC and outside of the universe the WWE universe or whatever which is really interesting to, and the way they do it is, is and the way that brandon and the people that put this thing together uh, it's really really interesting and again, we were going to do it a larger topic, but'll we'll, we'll probably hold it off or I'll, maybe I'll write something about it as well, but you look at the list of of people that have you know been you know largely 100% developmental, homegrown that haven't had long indie runs, that aren't your Shinsuke Nakamura's and your Ricochets and your Kevin Steens and those sort of people. The list is not good. I mean, it is bad. And when you take the men, because you take the the women are obviously a, a success of the the PC. Your Charlottes, your Bailey's to a lesser extent, even though she had a little bit of Shimmer run, but still like she had a lot of developmental in 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 in, in NXT and in WWE. Your Sasha Banks is you know. What those have are are clearly Alexa Bliss, you know, clearly successes, I would say. But your men, you're looking at like you know guys that were mostly homegrown: Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, Enzo Amore, Rusev, Colin Cassidy, Chad Gable, Elias.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a deeper topic than we have time for because a lot of it is booking and a lot of it is. But, you know, a lot of it speaks to what's going on down there, too. And and when we used to bash the PC, people would say, well, it's only been open 18 months. No, it's it's only been open two years.
2: Six years well, now. <laughs> or more. Yeah, no, fuck more. Yeah, six. Like, yeah, six. Yeah.
0: We're going on like seven years now. They should have produced... Uh, many stars at this point, and really, they're just pumping out people who we knew were going to be. Right. Stars. I mean,
2: did you really need this million-dollar facility to know that Samoa Joe was good at wrestling? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like uh, know, that Shinsuke Nakamura is a a, a good pro wrestler. Kevin,
0: right. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is Exhibit A. It's like, did he really even need to go through it? You know, and it's like they're just they it's just the obvious ones that are that are coming at. But yeah, but um just wanted to do that quickly yeah yeah, yeah. a little part from sure. between balancing and and the drag now the dragon gate that'll be our final topic right so yes
2: yeah
0: kobe world is coming up and like i said last week no more putting it off no more doing mass catch-ups dragon gate is back in my rotation it's it's there to stay it's going to be a regular part of my viewing and a regular part of this show um and and it wasn't gonna lump it into to, to bouncing. It deserved it's their biggest show of the year is coming up. They just had a massive Corkin. It's gonna get the respect that it deserves. With that said, I didn't watch the corking. <laughs> that's
2: that's fine. It it's English commentary. You just, you have time to catch up. I, I watched the uh, the semi main and the main event. It's nothing like. It, it's mostly just a table setter. Uh, you're basically getting, you know, SBK, you know, the, the Cabono, uh, you know, you're getting his new character. You're getting Red kind of heating up a little bit. They're all wearing hats now. They're all just being just grimy dickheads. It's it's all building towards a triangle match. It's all building towards, you know, big time matches. And really all you need to know is in the main event, uh, the R.E.D. guys are just being total assholes, total chicken, you know, just getting in the ring, beating everybody up. Lights go out just like they did at uh, at the show last week. Lights come back on, shooting Skywalker in the middle of the ring. Uh, builds up to Ata versus Shun Skywalker for the Open the Dream Gate Championship, which is our main event uh, of Kobe World as well. So I'm excited to see that Shun Skywalker coming back uh, from injury, coming back from uh, Mexico. He has gained a lot of weight, <laughs> good weight as well. Uh, and he's going to oh, face Ata, yeah. the uh, the RED, uh, R.E.D. representative and the champion. Uh, to uh, yeah, so it'd be really fun to see uh, how they go there. I'm assuming Ita probably still wins, but I could see that you could you could go to Shun right away. But that seems a little early for for the Shun to already win. It, so. I,
0: I I think Skywalker should win. I do.
2: You think? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I would hate it.
0: Uh, one cough per show. That's two, but <laughs> that's two.
2: But we'll let it, we'll it slide. Yeah,
0: just three hours ago, nobody. Yeah, really that. Did. Yeah, uh, right, right, right. He it looks like a brick shit house now, and. He just he he really struck me when he came in at the end of that last show as a mega star. Is he a good looking guy? Because he should win and unmask.
2: Yeah, I don't love the mask. I don't. I think he no. He was remember because um, he was uh, what was his it was his old name. I don't don't correct me. I I know it was uh, oh Shun Watanabe. Yeah, Shun Watanabe. Yeah. I think he was a good looking dude.
0: If he's a good looking guy,
2: because I used to be should... really upset. I got really upset when he went to the, uh, the 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 mask.
0: Yeah, I mean, he should just win this match. Um, I don't see the point of beating him. It kind of slows his momentum. Um, but they might do like a R.E.D. finish and maybe unmask him if he's a good looking dude and just fucking add him to the mix and run with him and push him hard. Um, it would be bold, but Dragon Gate has been bold lately. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I, I think he should win. I, I you know, it's why not? You know, the way he came back, it really came off as big time. What about the Bravegate Gate match, the big rematch? Oh, Okuda I cannot wait! Okuda
2: versus Ishida. I How can it be better than the last time, Joe? How can it be? I, I might have to break the scale. Maybe go six stars here. It's the opener too. I lo- this. Is a really bold move here to make it the opener. It is it, usually there's some bullshit. There's oh, a battle You know the match oil. order.
0: Huh? You bet the match order. Yeah. Set. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is said it's the opener, and I, I think that's true. I, I that's from I copy and pasted it from the preview that we have that we're gonna have up on the website, uh, and I, I'm sure Iron yeah. Mike Spears and Case wouldn't fuck around. You know, they know their shit. They know the oh, match the orders, so yeah. They, there's, there's no question. they open the voice gate guys, uh, I think got it right, and they have this as the opener: Okuda, Ishida opening the show. They're gonna tear the fucking house down. Cannot wait.
0: So, Twin Gate, we got Kota Minora and Jason Lee defending against BB Ho- Hulk and Kai. Can we just yeah. do away with BB Hulk? I and Kai know. Send
2: hair. them to. I, I I used to say send them to Zero One, but I want to watch Zero One now. So send them to. Uh, what, what company have I? Well, I have no chance of ever watching.
0: Uh well apparently just tap out just, just tap
2: out throw yeah. them to just tap out yeah. JTO BB Hulk and Kai yeah, go on excursion so
0: no but what I mean is even in the booking like just beat them again and let's forget about that team for a while yeah, you know what I mean send them down like, the pecking
2: more- order yeah they, they don't need to be there's so much good talent right now that there's no point in me seeing BB Hulk in 2020 wrestle bad matches yeah you, you know
0: yeah yeah I, it, it's so uh, I believe that's what they but you know the the ro- the rookies and the kids. Really dominated the veterans on the last big show, so I feel like the pendulum has to swing, or should swing, or might swing. Or now it wouldn't if it were up to me, but so I guess we'll see how committed they are to a lot of this. The Triangle Gate is one of those three-way Triangle Gate matches that always seem to let me down, um, but it's the RED team of Takashi Yoshida, Kazma Sakamoto, and and SBK, and the Challenger teams are the Toriyama team of Dragon Kid. Uh, Suji Kondo and Kajatora, and the generation team of Benkei, Yusuke Santa Maria, and UT. Oh my God,
2: hold on a minute. No, you have to watch the Corkin because UT comes out and just decides you know what I'm going to do in this match? I'm going to fucking irritate Suji Kondo as much as I possibly can. And the entire match, he stares at him on the way down, and Suji Kondo's kind of like, What did I do to you? <laughs> He's kind of got this look, like, what the fuck are you so upset about, dude? And the entire match, UT just slaps, he spits, he kicks, he does everything to be an irritated to Suji Kondo. Finally, Suji Kondo comes in and Jay or, or uh, yeah, Jay who's on the commentary, is like, I don't know if that's a very good idea to make Suji Kondo mad. Suji Kondo yeah. finally tags in and just fucking takes this kid's head off. Like, what are you why yeah. are you even bo- like and Suji Kondo doesn't want to do it. The entire time he's like, "Don't, don't make me kick your ass, dude. Like, I don't want to do it, but he, he he's given no choice. And he decides, all right, fine, tag me in, and then whoops, the shit out of UT. It is awesome. Yeah,
0: now UT has all these injury problems and doghouse issues, so it's uh, it's good to see that not only he's kind of climbing out of the uh, the old zero match in this case, but is an important part of the card and also has a little storyline here to play off of. So I'm sure they'll they'll uh, they'll they'll move forward with whatever's going on between him and Suji Kondo in that match. Um, that covers all the title matches. Then there's the battle royal with the uh, with the scrubs. The winner earns the right to ask for any in ring related wish of their choosing. So we've got people like Super Seishia, uh, Ichikawa, uh, Sachi Hoko Boy, Gamma, Boku R Shimizu because he lost his gimmick. Yes,
2: yeah, he's back oh, to yeah, to- yeah no. but. You,
0: Right, right. Punch Tamanaga, Problem Dragons in there, Diamante, uh, Hyo, I guess that's H-Y-O and not Hyo, right? Uh, Jimmy, and of course Ho-Ho-Lun, who's <laughs> will roll get... out
2: of the battle royal and then go do commentary, which is always great. Correct.
0: Yep, get tossed out and head right to the commentary booth. So uh, then there's uh, Genki Horiguchi and, and Ryu Saito against uh, two kids, Takedo Kamai and Madoka Kakuda. So again, we'll see if the trend continues of the kids beating all the veterans ultimo dragon masaki mochizuki don fuji and taru who of course came back on the last show uh, in that video <laughs> just uh, finished
2: just finished his promo as we got on the air here today so that's incredible just
0: finished i don't know what was longer taru's promo or the tayinara conti red velvet match on Dyn- <laughs> i don't know what was longer I mean, geez, did Tyonara Conti and and Red Velvet need to go through a commercial break? I mean, honestly. Yeah, who
2: had that run sheet and put, you know, 13 minutes next to Tyonara Conti and Red Velvet? I I don't know why that had to happen.
0: The the hot feud from AEW Dark making its way to Dynamite, and then they get, like, through a commercial break. Like, what is happening here? Are they determined to get destroyed in that quarter hour? Is that what they were doing? Uh, I feel like they're sandbagging. I feel like they wanted to ditch that quarter hour, like, intentionally – and then set up Phoenix, Pentagon, and and Pac to just blow it open with huge growth.
2: It's they do right. kind of play around with those quarters. We do know that that, that, that is going on in the in the HQ there. So uh, yeah, I could see, I could see that that, that seems because that's that's a good way to lose a lot of people. <laughs> it's a very long Ty Conti Red Velvet match, so
0: yeah. Because look, no offense to them, and the match was actually pretty good. Like I didn't even think the match was bad, but that feud has been entirely done on dark. No one watching Dynamite knows what's going on, and it's just two people with no name value whatsoever. Red Velvet was a jobber two weeks ago. I mean, what a risky match to do through a commercial break. I mean, that was crazy. Um, but anyway, uh, that veteran team takes on Sasumu Yokozuka, Yasushi Kanda, Kanesu, also getting out of the zero match, and uh, Taro Nohashi of Mishinoku Pro. So uh, standard eight-man tag. They'll go eight minutes, and it'll be fine. Dragon Dia takes on Dia Inferno. Uh, Naruki Doi, Masato Yoshino, and Toru Owashi versus Yamato, KZ, and Strong Machine J. KZ lost the title match, cycled down the card a bit here. That's traditional yeah, Dragon yeah. Booking. And uh, that's the card. So, do you have any other thoughts on any of those other matches? I don't.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Um, the top, you know, the, the main event looks awesome. The Twin Gates has the potential, you know, even though it has BB Hulk and, and, and Kai. But up and down the card, there's a lot of really cool talent. Like I would say, the show that from a few weeks ago, I was probably a little, or you know, two weeks ago at this point, I was a little bit more excited about. It. I, I kind of liked uh, the structure of that card a little bit more. But uh, you got that Brave Gate, that's going to be great. You have the, the the Dream Gate, which I think is going to be great, and 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 a lot of the other stuff sounds uh, pretty cool. Uh, as well. So yeah, I mean, it's all up to the triangle gate if that delivers and, and those can be kind of uneven. Uh, and then that twin gate is, is, is going to be worrisome too just because of BB Hulk and Kai. But uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, I'm pretty excited for it. And uh, yeah, we'll have coverage on the website uh, as well. And you'll have coverage on the, uh, the next uh, Voice Wrestling flagship too, because we are going to watch that and talk about it for sure. So that, uh, a preview up at uh, VoicesWrestling.com and the Open the Voice Gate crew. Uh, if you want like a two hour preview of, of Kobe World, they got you covered uh, there as well
0: skywalkers winning man i feel it in my bones oh
2: let's do it I, i'm fine with it i'm fine with it
0: i don't think it hurts Ata either he had a good run here um it elevated him for sure he's a guy now eight a guy now would you agree with that he's a
2: guy oh he's a guy yeah yeah he, he if he loses the title it's not like oh now like what, what are they gonna do with this guy now like no he's still he's still there you know he's he's not going anywhere anymore he's he, he's Aita's, firmly established
0: eight a guy ben k a guy right he's a guy um and I think Skywalker wins and he becomes a guy. And they got three new guys. You know? It's good to have
2: guys. Having guys is good. You gotta
0: have guys. Gotta have guys. You don't have guys, you got nothing. You don't have guys, you're good. You know, it's, it's your zero one. Zero one's trying to make a guy with the just tap out guy. But he's not a guy yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not a guy. No, he's not a guy. But these three guys, like, Shun is going to be a guy. He's not a guy yet. Gotta see how this goes. But Ata and Ben K, those are guys. They're guys. So Ada could lose here. So um, no, I think Skywalker will win and he'll become a guy. So there's your Dragon Gate Kobe World preview.
2: There it is. We're going to be that, on
0: top of it. When does this show?
2: Uh, it is, I believe, Saturday? the 15th. Yeah, I'm kind of lost on uh, these days of what the hell. Uh, Sunday morning, I believe it, it is. So, Okay. Yeah, I believe it's Sunday morning. Don't quote me on that, but I'm, I'm almost positive Sunday
0: morning. So, so Saturday night, our time?
2: <sighs> yeah, whatever. It, it, yeah. Your nights are different because I wake up at five a.m. and you go to bed at four a.m. So it's hard to know because you consider that your night, and I could, you know what I mean? Like
0: you consider that the morning, exactly, so. right? It's it's late night Saturday, early morning <laughs> right. Sunday. Yes, exactly. That's when this show is. Yeah,
2: it's my it's your night. It's my morning. That's even yeah. more confusing. You get it.
0: Late night Saturday, early morning Sunday. Yeah, it's between Saturday and Sunday. Correct. Correct. Those those weird wee hours where like. <laughs> Only, uh, paper boys, milkmen, and Joe Lanza are awake. Yeah. are there? Do paper boys and milkmen exist anymore? Uh,
2: not really. Not on any level. That, I don't. I don't think the they, milkman yeah. wakes up at four a.m. to deliver milk anymore. I, I think uh, if you have a milkman, I think he could probably just arrive at like nine because he's probably has, he probably doesn't have a big route, so he could probably arrive at. Uh,
0: I wonder if Milkmen, ex- like could you get milk delivered?
2: Uh, I know that like uh, it, uh, locally by me Oberweiss uh, will still deliver your milk. Is that a company outside of you guys, or no? Like, over Never West, heard of th- it doesn't mean anything to so. you. Okay, they're like a classic. Like, they'll give you a glass bottle. You put the glass bottle on the curb, yeah. or you put it on your porch. and Then the, the milkman, who wears white and a hat or whatever, he will come out of his truck and and replace your empty glass of milk with a fresh glass of milk. But uh, yeah, I think they are the only people still doing that. So
0: that fucking rules. Do you? Do you? Have I do not
2: milk- do that. No, I don't drink milk, so I I, I don't really drink.
0: I don't milk. drink milk either, but. I would get a milkman just to say I had a milkman, because that sounds kind of cool. They even wear the gimmick, huh? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Wow. I don't think they're as That's bright big... and cheery as your milkman of uh, of years past, but they're, they're still milkmen, I believe, so.
0: Holy shit. And then okay. the paper
2: boys are just like a dude in a fucking, you know, Geo Metro, just tossing the paper at my parents, you know, like yeah you like get... I, I used to see the guy like when I would come home from the bars or whatever, and it's like yeah it's like some Albanian guy that's just smoky and he's like he just
0: yeah. toss the paper you know what yeah I mean? yeah, yeah, you're lucky to have every section yeah like gotta, so, like a, like, a, a lot
2: your... of times it doesn't show off yeah. my my parents have to call hey, where's our paper uh oh, we'll get one over to you because like the guy just fucking just decided to not show up or didn't want to throw them one or the neighbors get three papers. Yeah. I think I got your paper. Here you go. (laughs) Like he just, he rolls the window down and just goes, eh, whatever.
0: (laughs) Let me tell you something. One, my, my friend's mother delivered the Sunday paper and she went on vacation and we agreed to do it for her when I was a teenager. That was the worst work experience of my entire (laughs) life. We had to get up at like three o'clock in the morning and literally put the paper together. Like it doesn't come put together. Right, right, you right. You got to put
2: the ads in there. You got to put the, the – yeah. yeah.
0: So we have like 300 newspapers that we have to put together like hand me the sports, hand me the business, hand me the leisure, hand me the flyers. And then we have to construct the papers, then physically go out and deliver all – 300 of these newspapers or whatever to people's doors. It was the, I don't think we finished until like five o'clock in the afternoon.
2: It's <laughs> like, many angry, angry people as well. Yeah, they're
0: like calling the kids' house, like, where's my son? People want that shit in the first thing in the morning. Oh, my dad, if know? it's not
2: there at like 4 30, he's fucking pissed. He's livid. He's like, ah, damn, where's the paper? You know what I mean? like, you know,
0: yeah. I never had a worse job in my life than the one day I was a paper boy. It's not like a backwards cap on a bicycle gleefully yeah hi paper.
2: hi mr Thompson. hi mr you know what i mean like Ringing hey your joe bike is there waving to you thank yeah. you joe
0: like ring ring with yeah. your bike bell none right. of
2: that shit yeah it's fucking four oh. in the morning there's yeah. nobody out but you and raccoons and like drunk yeah. people driving so your life's in danger
0: yeah it was like mid-january in new jersey it's like negative six right. It was the worst work experience of my life. My hands were just fucking black from the uh, from the ink at the end of the day because the newspaper ink comes off. Couldn't fucking – it took three days to wash it off. It was the worst. I wouldn't recommend that shit to anybody. And it's the kind of job that can't really get better over time. right? There's no technology that can Yeah, include- no. At the
2: end of the day, someone has to toss a paper into your yeah. yard <laughs> via some means. So, yeah, it, it is – Ah, that's good. Good stuff. All right. That is it for this Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. Again, presented by MyBookie, MyBookie.ag, promo code VOW uh, to double your first deposit. That is it for us. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling for all our retro, the TV reviews, all the other stuff we're doing on Patreon. Also, you can listen live. The $10 people, you know this. You're listening live right now. But if you're not listening live and you want to, you want to hear us fuck up in real time, you want to hear the microphones not work and stuff, you can do that uh, with the $10 tier. So, patreon.com uh, slash Voices of Wrestling. Again, coverage of all this stuff going on at VoicesWrestling.com, also VoicesWrestling.com slash Discord as well. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Kraich. We'll talk to you guys next time on the Voices Wrestling flagship podcast. Take care.